Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Or donate online by going to wichitahomeless.com or simply call 316-619-4886. Food prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971 when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Dog got a letter 
sling a little mud in my four-wheel drive. Trick it on into town. Shoot a little late ball down at the pool hall. Drink a beer with my friend. Now don't judge me and I won't judge you. Cause we all get judged in the end. Some people care about what other people think. Worry about what they say. What they say A little, little gossip Coming from a loose slip of run My perfect day Saying blah, blah, blah Just a jack and their dog Gotta let it roll up on my back I don't give a darn What other people think What do you think about that? Say I don't give a damn What other people think What do you think about that? Good afternoon, all. This is the Frank Report. I'm your host, Francis Stephan. You're listening right here on American Voice Radio Network. It is October 9th, 2015. It's Friday. It's about eight minutes after noon Pacific time. And uh, there you go. Okay. Uh, Let's see here. 800... 932-1980, if you want to call in, get on the air, get on the radio. TheAmericanVoice.com or AmericanVoiceRadio.com is where our chat room is located. You'll see the big chat link. It's just, you know, word, a word, chat. You can't miss it, really. Click that, it's real easy. Anyway, so uh, there you go, and if you want to contact me directly, uh, Yahoo Instant Messenger, AVRN Talk is uh, my screen name on IM, you know, Yahoo. Anyhow, there you go, there you have it. All right, so... What they're commenting on in the chat room is that, you know, apparently there was another shooting and another shooting and another shooting. And, you know, listen, folks, one thing they have learned, that the American public loses interest in these shootings in about two weeks. They basically completely forget about it in about a month. So they have a very limited window of opportunity. You see, the Democrats already got their crap out floating around about, oh, we need to, we need 
common sense gun laws. Like, we don't have common sense gun laws already. Hey, you're not allowed to run around shooting people. You're not allowed to have a gun unless you get a background check. What the heck more else do you want? I'll tell you what they want. They want to confiscate guns from people. They want to create a registry, and then they will come and confiscate, which is insane. Who cares if they... Yeah, you know, I, I don't care if they know I got guns. Good. I got guns. That Does that tell you something? It should tell you something. It should tell you, don't try to steal anything from me, especially my guns. I might shoot you. That's what having guns is all about, folks. Shooting people that are trying to rob and kill you. Hey, look, man, somebody comes to my house wearing a mask and, a, and, and carrying a machine gun. Sorry, man, I'm shooting you because, you know, uh, you are scaring me. I'm an, you're an immediate threat to my life as far as I'm concerned. Let's see, got a mask, got a machine gun. Yeah, that just about covers it. I don't have to go any further down the checklist. That that just about, that's it. Matter of fact, wearing a mask alone is it. Or carrying a machine gun alone is probably it. If I don't know you. You gotta be kidding me, folks. You know, we sit there and cower about, Oh, God, they're gonna know we have guns. Yeah, oh, they're gonna come and, come, come and confiscate. How many of them do you think there really are? They can only confiscate your guns if you're sitting there willing to say, Okay, do you want me to put it in the box for you? Look, people, there comes a time when you got to stop relying on the Supreme Court to save you or some wonderful president to come in and save you with an executive order or some honest Congress to come in there and make some sensible laws and actually fulfill their oath of office. You, you know what? You might as well rip your teeth out and stick them under your pillow and wait for the tooth fairy to bring you money. It ain't going to happen. The only thing that's going to happen is you're going to have to stand up on your own hind legs and say, guess what? You're not having my guns. Sorry. No. The answer is no. I don't care how scary you dress up and how mean and bad you are and how many people's houses you burn down or whatever. The answer is still no. As a matter of fact, you give up your gun. I mean, we got that piece of garbage in Roseburg right now. The people don't want him there. Okay? The people don't want him there. They told him, don't even bother showing up. Well, he's there anyway, because, you know, hey, it's part of the plan. Whether they want me here or not, whether they, you know, whether they'll go along with what I'm saying or not, uh, we'll, just, we'll just edit them out of the video. We'll put our own little actors there. You know... And and the Los Angeles Times, you see, this is this is funny. Obama heads to Roseburg, a community divided. Divided? It's not divided. Nobody wants him there. Okay? 
Oh, I'm sure there's a couple of dimwits that, but he's the president, but he's the president. We got to go look at the famous person because our lives are so meaningless and empty. We got to latch on to anything we can to make have meaning in our lives. So it's the president. He's famous. Maybe he'll touch me. I touched the president. Yeah. There are people like that. But, you know, hey, the majority of people in Roseburg don't want him there. President not welcome here. Roseburg residents react to Obama's planned visit. Yeah, there you go. So, what's that mean? How many places, I mean, how many presidents have ever been told, look, you know what, we don't want you here. Yeah, we don't want you here. Wow, we don't want you here. Oh, here's a truck with a big sign at the the whole back of the. It's a dual uh, dual wheeled, you know, flatbed truck. It's got sides on it here. Yeah, no Obama. Yeah, that this is how the people in Roseburg feel about the, you know, fearless leader. And, of course, he shows up with his army of Secret Service armed guards. Hey, let's start with them. Let's disarm them. Eight days after the mass shooting. See, eight days, man. They're jumping on it, man. They are trying to get on this within the two-week period. He's going to privately meet with victims, families, and survivors, meaning he's going to go do some photo ops with some crisis actors. Local officials say he is welcome. <laughs> but that sentiment is not universal. Some residents in this conservative timber town, about 180 miles north, uh, south of Portland, accuse him of using the October uh, 1st rampage to justify gun control. They planned a protest. A gunman with six weapons, including a rifle, killed nine. This is all, this is the, the narrative of the media. I don't believe this. I don't. I, I think it was a setup just like they, they, they've all been setups here for quite a while. Six weapons, including a rifle. Yeah, well, see, the, the, the let's see here. Let me try to scroll up because, the, you know, the thing is uh, the Los Angeles Times is far more interested in me being able to see their ads than they are that I could actually, uh, you know, read their articles. Who cares about that? Got to look at the ads. Look at the ads. Look at the ads. Ah. Anyway, I'm trying to get there and I can't because, uh, well, between the Los Angeles Times and Chrome, man, you know, you can pretty much forget about seeing anything here. Yeah, nothing to see here, huh? Oh, where is it? Six. I love this site. It, it's just, anyway. <laughs> All right, let's try this again and stay calm. Everybody stay calm. It's Friday. It doesn't matter. It's okay. Don't let the Los Angeles Times drive you into a, you know. Let's see, a gunman with six weapons, including a rifle, killed nine people and wounded nine more. You know, you keep getting different numbers here. I thought it was 10 and 13. Now it's 9 and 9, uh, making his own life. Wait a minute. Before taking his own life during a battle with police? You know, this is the first time I've read that he took his own life. 
Before that, it was the police shot him. Do you realize how many things have changed? How many facts have been changed in this narrative since it happened? I mean, it's a completely different guy than it was the first day. Different name, different photos, different everything, man, than it was the first day. Now, instead of the police shooting him like the police reported, now he took his own life during a battle with police. Really? So they're all suicide killers. Hmm. Obama was feigning visible frustration. Got on TV just a few hours later. There's been another mass shooting in America, this time in a community college in Oregon. That means there are more American families, moms, dads, children, whose lives have been changed forever. You mean kind of like when you decide you're going to sign a trade agreement and put all you know millions of working families out of work so their families can be destroyed and go on welfare? Do you mean change like that? Or changed because somebody died. People die. See, this is the thing in America, man. People are losing the, the, the grip that, look, dying is a part of living. Everybody's going to die. It's just a matter of when and how. And yeah, sure, we can say, well, you know, that was only a 22-year-old and that's, uh, you know, life was cut short. Well, that's true. But, you see, why are we... Why are we like, oh my gosh, this is a trap. We have to change our constitution. We have to change our way of life. We have to change our whole culture because some, a few 22-year-olds got killed in a college somewhere. Although, hey, thousands and thousands and thousands of 18 to 25-year-old young men are being killed every day in the United States military. Why is it so much worse for a 22-year-old to be killed in a school in Oregon than a 22-year-old to be blown up on the side of a road in Iraq or Afghanistan or one of the 140 countries we have military operations in? How many young men are being killed in Africa right now, in Africa Corps, that we don't even know about? We don't even hear about. Man, that's like the, the secret army over there in Africa. But they're running two missions a day. I haven't seen doing what, but hey, they're running two missions a day in Africa. Isn't that great? I wonder how many are getting killed, and I wonder how many of them are killing other people. Because what other kind of a mission does a military have? Going around from town to town saying, hi, hey, how y'all doing? We're the new army in town. We brought cake. Really? Is that what they're doing, or are they going into town and eliminating certain people? Or whole towns? Obama urged Americans to tighten gun laws. Tighten gun laws? Gun laws are about as tight as they can be. Oh, wait, the, the Second Amendment says shall not be infringed. That means, no, 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 no tightening, nothing. As a matter of fact, the laws we have are mostly unconstitutional.
I can imagine the press release being cranked out, he says. What's become routine is the response of those who oppose any kind of common-sense gun legislation. We've already had that, and it doesn't work. I can imagine the press release being cranked out. We need more guns, they'll argue. Fewer gun safety laws. Does anybody really believe that? Well, people ought to start believing it, because we've done exactly the opposite. They've gone for less guns and more gun safety laws, and what do we have? We got 45 being chopped up every weekend in Chicago. We have, what, where's the, where's the killing capitals of the United States? In the cities that have the strictest gun laws on the books. That's where Chicago, D.C., Detroit, New York's coming up. Of course, New York just doesn't report things because, hey, Wall Street's there, and they already know. Look, hey, man, if you don't write it down, you don't keep the records, nobody knows what's going on. That's how we like it here in the Big Apple. Hours before Obama was set to arrive in this leafy timber town, a small community of television satellite trucks gleaned in the sun near the UCC entrance. A mobile prayer squad had been set, set up shop, too, in a big brown truck emblazoned with Billy Graham Rapid Response Team. Oh, my gosh. The camp was closed to outsiders, surrounded by, oh, outsiders? You mean like the town people closed to outsiders? Yes, this is a closed set, folks. You know, the actors need to concentrate on their roles right now. You can't be bothering them. Surrounded by orange traffic barrels laced together with yellow police tape, a Douglas County Sheriff's Department mobile command center had pride of place in the school parking lot near banners that read, UCC Strong, a chain-link fence at the edge of the campus had been turned into a shrine for victims. The school, the community, the piece that was shattered just over a week ago, red, white, and blue uh, bunting, fluttered in the breeze. Hunting is popular in Jackson County, and so are guns. Obama's mention of gun control on the same day as the college shooting sparked some of the opposition. David Jocks, publisher of the weekly Roseburg Beacon, told Fox News Bill O'Reilly on Monday that local officials didn't want Obama to visit. The president, had, he said, gave his news conference before the bodies had been counted. Now he wants to come to our community and stand on the corpses of our loved ones to make some kind of political point. The next day, however, Roseburg city officials welcomed Obama and disputed media reports to the contrary. Oh, Time to toe the line. Did Obama offer you a big pile of money, a nice grant to the Roseburg City Council, you bunch of sellout pieces of garbage politicians? I'll tell you, folks, it doesn't matter where you live. Politicians are scumbags. They're dirtbags. They're little weasels, and they should be removed, just like any other vermin. Since the announcement that President Obama may be in the Roseburg area on Friday to meet with the families that lost loved ones at Umpqua Community College. News outlets have been announcing that the president was not welcomed in Roseburg. 
Those announcements have included alleged quotes from community leaders, the city said in a statement. Unfortunately, individuals have been claiming to be speaking on behalf of the city of Roseburg. We wish to be clear that Mayor Rich, City Council President Ryan, and the Roseburg City Council welcome the president to Roseburg with an extent and extend him every courtesy. Aw, isn't that nice? The Douglas County Commissioner said they look forward to Obama's visit. Regardless of our differences with the president on policy issues, we're just such a bunch of suck-ups and celebrity hounds that, hey, anything that will bring attention to us and maybe a few more dollars in our pocket, we don't really care about policy or issues or where the evil bastard stands. We don't care as long as we can make some money out of it. Oh, wait, that's not in the article. They go on to say, we await the president's arrival and look forward to his show of support for a community who is grieving and whose heartache is immeasurable, especially the families of those killed. Ryan, the council president, said, we will honor the office and greet him with every courtesy due to that office. I hope... He visits just to help heal families, and if he does, everything is worth it. Really? Well, you know what? Can you read between the lines? This guy has been given the message. You will not say that the president is not welcome in your town. You will not say that. He's gotten the message. I don't know what kind of threats they have made to these people, but they have. Because listen to what he said. This is the council, the city council president. We will honor the office and greet him with every courtesy due to that office. Now, does that sound like an invitation? Does that sound like we're glad to see you? Anytime anybody says, I respect the office, that means I think the president's a piece of crap, but I'm not going to say so. Okay? When anybody says, I respect the office, okay, we'll honor the office, that means the guy sitting in the office ain't worth a dime. But you can't say that because you're a slimy politician, and you'd explode if you try to tell the truth. So, you know, we can't have that. But one of the protest organizers, Michelle Finn, told the Associated Press, he's coming here purely to push his garbage and we don't want it. Hey, there you go. A non-politician speaks. You see the difference between a politician and a real person? He's coming here to push his garbage and we don't want it. Uh, we'll respect the, uh, we'll honor the office. And give every uh, everything uh, you know uh, uh, courtesy due to that office, not the man. See the difference between how real people talk and how politicians talk. It's sickening, isn't it? Yeah, the, the shooter takers own life before getting shoot out with the police. You're sure he did. Sure he did, except that's not what they said at first. At first they said they shot him. 
Now, they didn't shoot him. Oh, okay. Let's monkey this up real good. Let's monkey this around to uh, get the story we really want. You got it. You know, this... this... Anyway. It's just... Uh, it, to me, it's so obvious. And Okay, look. I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. I don't believe this. But let's just say a shooting did occur. Okay? And like I said, I don't believe that. I think they made the whole thing up. But even if somebody did get shot, now they are taking it and massaging the whole thing to where they want. Oh, well, he shot, uh, He was shot by police. No, 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 no. He shot himself. See, police shooting them is, is not good. That's, that's another police shooting, even though he's a serial killer or whatever. Uh, it doesn't matter. We can't have that. That's a bad PR. So uh, he shot himself. In other words, there's another line to that, too. The police didn't shoot him. Why? Because, see, if the police shot him, people may have hope that the police can protect you, which is a false hope. But the gun grabbers don't want that. They don't want you to feel that you have any protection. There are no protect. There's no protection for you right now. There is no protection. That's why you need new laws because you have no protection. Even the cops didn't protect you. It only stopped because the guy shot himself. The cops didn't stop him. He shot himself. You have no protection. Be afraid. Be very, very afraid. That's what it's all about, man. Everything they do is geared. Little things like, okay, yeah, some people might say, ah, who cares? What's the difference? The guy's dead. Who cares if the cop shot him or he shot himself? Who cares? Well, they care. They care. The narrative, do you, who do you think's coming up with these narratives? You think it's some advertising firm? Well, I'm telling you, it is not an advertising firm. Okay? It's psychiatrists. And sociologists coming up with these narratives. That's who's coming up with them. That's why they're tweaking the story from the beginning to now. They make little changes because little changes, hey, this will work better. This will make people hopeless. This will make people this way. They're driving you like a, like, like a, a cow herd, man. And that one person in, in Roseburg seems to have it right. He's just here pushing his garbage, and we don't want it. Anyway, we're going to take a break. We'll be back in just a bit.
prices going up, homes being foreclosed, unemployment insurance running out, jobs leaving the country. Many people cannot afford to eat or keep a roof over their head. Too many can do neither. Messiah's Branch has a mission church in Wichita, Kansas that helps the victims of this banker's economy, the American people, your neighbors. The mission is the last hope for so many Americans. We need your help to lift up the poorest of the poor. These are men, women, and children who once had homes, now in the street. They all need what you need. First aid, beds, food, clothing, and so on. You can send a monetary gift or a box of necessities to 230 West 4th Street, Florence, Kansas, 66851. Or donate online by going to Wichita Homeless. Or simply call 316-619-4886. Food prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, and Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific.
All right, we're back. This is the Frank Report. I'm your host, Francis Stephan. You're listening right here on American Voice Radio Network. It's Friday, October 9th, 2015. It's about 1242 out here on the Pacific Time Coast. That's what it, when it is where you're at. We are, in fact, live. You can call in 800-932-1980. You can go to the chat room located at our website, theamericanvoice.com or americanvoiceradio.com. Everything else you need to know about the network is located on those uh, websites there. And uh, if not, my email's there so you can, uh, you know, if there's something lacking that you think you need to know, you can email me and ask. You can also contact me directly. Uh, On Yahoo Instant Messenger, my screen name is AVRN Talk. All right, there you go. Uh, let's see. Let's get to some stuff. Enough about the usurper coming to Roseburg. Nobody wants him there. It's all just a political theater. And they're just trying to push a failed agenda, a failed policy. And that's what people need to start telling these politicians. Look, we tried it your way. We've tried it your way for 40 years. You keep piling on more laws, more laws, more laws, more gun-free zones, more restrictions. And what has it done? Nothing. It hasn't done anything. It's not working. It's a failed policy. Failed policy should be ended. And look, if your policy you thought was going to do one thing, or at least you presented it to the American people that, ooh, we want less shootings and more safety for you. That's why we're doing this. Well, okay, fine. If that was really, which it wasn't, the idea, it hasn't worked. It's completely opposite. All the statistics, everything in history, everything that they're doing is wrong. And everything tangible shows that it's wrong. But there's people out there that feel afraid of guns. I feel like we should make more laws. I feel unsafe. Nothing tangible. That's psychology, folks. They have screwed with your mind to the point where your little feelings are now your perception of reality. And it's not real, it's not tangible. What's tangible is their policy has failed for 40 years. We gave it a shot, we gave it a try, it doesn't work. Time to try something else. And if you say, well, we want more safety and more uh, less shootings, and you get just the opposite from your policy, you need to look at your policy and say, well, what's the opposite of this policy? Because if what if our policy got 180 degrees what we wanted, let's do 180 degrees of what our policy is and maybe we'll actually get what we wanted. And that would be to have a national concealed a constitutional concealed carry, meaning, hey, you want, to conce- you want to carry a gun concealed, you can. You don't need a permit. The Constitution is your permit. Okay. Although I do, and I've mentioned this before, I do understand what the Constitution says, a well-regulated militia. Well, you think maybe because you strap on a gun and put it under your coat that you're just, a, you know, you're just a guy out there. Well, you know what? 
whether you like it or not, you are considered a part of the militia. Every able-bodied man and woman in this country that are not in active duty service in the military are considered part of the militia. So if you're carrying a gun, you're part of the militia. Even if you're not carrying a gun, you're part of the militia. Now, you can like that or not like that, but the fact is it's a Title X in the United States Code. So <laughs> there you have it. So a well-regulated militia, well, what does that mean, well-regulated? Well, if you look it back to what it meant when they wrote it, it meant well-trained and well-armed. So there you go. The federal government has an obligation to make sure you're well-trained and well-armed. Now, of course, they do make you go buy your own gun, although I think, hey, I think your first gun, not that, you know, this would affect me, but, you know, because I don't have any income, but... The thing is, if you pay taxes, that first gun you buy should be able to at least write it off your taxes. Because really, the government has an obligation to provide you with a weapon. And then, also provide you with the training to properly use that weapon. I I, I would endorse a certification program, not a not a permit, not a license, but a certification. And I think it's a good thing to have people sit through a class, put their hands on a gun, actually break it down, clean it properly, put it back together again. You know, learn that, hey, don't point it this way, don't hold it that way. This is the, you know, this is how you carry it. This is how the safety works or the double pull, you know, trigger thing or whatever. Whatever thing you got to you know, learn how to safely use it and how it actually works, and then take you to the range and say, okay, now, we'll start off with 25 shots. You got to hit, you got to hit the target 12 times, or else you got to keep trying till you get a 50% rating. Then you're certified. Now, hey, there you go. Off you go. Bye-bye. And you never have to do the certification again, uh, other than, I would have separate classes for rifles and, uh, handguns but you buy one handgun you take the class you buy another handgun you don't have to take the class because you already did same with the rifle you know i'm all for gun safety and people are idiots so you know sorry and i don't think it's a constitutional violation i don't think it's an infringement i think it is an obligation because it does say a well-regulated militia is necessary well, okay, you're in the militia whether you like it or not. Well-regulated means trained, man. you got to be trained, and they should arm us, but, you know, they won't do that. But, I mean, hey. Anyway, let's get to some more stuff. Oh, Bank of America sees U.S. banks saddled with $100 billion in exposure to troubled mining giant Glencore. Hmm. Embattled commodities giant Glencore PLC could prove a $100 billion elephant in the room for some of the biggest U.S. banks as they report quarterly results and undergo tests of their financial health in the coming months. Oh, that's going to not be good. 
The hefty sum comes from a Wednesday research note from the Bank of America, Merrill Lynch, that assesses the exposure of banks to Glencore. Debt from the mining and commodities trading firm could deliver a jolt to the financial sector if the giant miner can't keep up with payments on its bank loans. The investment firm doesn't go into specifics about the banks that could be exposed to Glencore, but says a number of U.S. and European financial institutions provide credit to the miner and other commodity-focused firms. Bank of America points out that financial regulators performing stress tests on banks' abilities to withstand market shocks could be on the lookout for exposures to Glencore and other troubled miners. Now, what that is is a message from Bank of America to the other banks. Hide your Glencore. Okay? Hide your Glencore information from the regulators. Because if they see that, you're going to fail your stress test. Meanwhile, five large purchasers of U.S. Treasuries. You know, U.S. Treasuries are debt. Yes. Five large purchasers. China, Russia, Norway, Brazil, and Taiwan have changed their minds. Now, they're dumping Treasuries. Each for their own reasons and are now uh coinciding and at the fastest rate on record when they say they're dumping them they are dumping them at a fa- at the fastest rate they've ever dumped you know treasuries for the 12 month period ended in July sales of treasury by central banks around the world reached a net of 123 billion dollars the biggest decline since data started to be collected in 1978. China, the largest foreign owner of treasuries, its hoard peaking at $1.317 trillion in November 2013, has been unloading with particular passion. By July, the latest data available from the U.S. Department of Treasury uh, or Treasury Department, China's pile was now down to $1.24 trillion. But in August, the real selling started when the yuan suddenly spiraled down further after its devaluation. Panicked and fearful of losing control over their currency, officials at the People's Bank of China sold treasuries and bought yuan to stabilize the currency. That month, China's foreign exchange reserves, which include a variety of currencies, dropped by a record $93.9 billion. And in September, they dropped around $43 billion. Uh, to 3.51 trillion. Fifth month in a row of declines. And they go through how much Russia unloaded and how much everybody else unloaded. And, you know, we're talking here, yes, it went from 1.3 trillion to 1.2 trillion, and but that's a hundred and something billion dollars. And yeah, okay, that's a lot, but they got a long way to go. Okay? They're still holding a big pile. 1.2 trillion dollars in debt. Wow. Would you feel comfortable holding uh, U.S. debt? Do you think they're... I mean, okay, look, if you're going to hold U.S. debt, you figure, hey, the U.S. is good for it. They'll always pay. Well, maybe not, huh? Because how can they pay? How can they pay? 
Now, if you think it's $18 trillion, you're wrong, but that's what they report. But can you imagine a way the U.S. could actually pay back, wipe out $18 trillion in debt? Be easy enough to wipe it out, really, honestly. And, and Bo Greitz has uh, talked at length of this, but, you know, there exists a law in the Federal Reserve Act that paper is debt. Coin is credited, okay? The U.S. Mint could strike a coin, a coin. Congress could authorize it, and they could strike a coin. They could make it out of pot metal if they wanted. But they could put a face value on it of $19 trillion dollars bring it over to the Federal Reserve and say, credit my account and wipe out the $18 trillion in debt. They could do that. All right? And, and hey, I think they should. Now, would that be just real easy-peasy? No problems. There you go. We're all free. No, not exactly. It would be very bad, very disruptive, uh, archaic, actually. And I don't care. I still think they should do it. But what would happen is, okay, so you wiped out $18 trillion in debt. Well, we are in a weird economic system where debt is considered an asset. Okay? So somewhere, somebody has $18 trillion in assets because that $18 trillion in debt is somebody's asset. Well, when you wipe out the debt, you also wipe out the asset. So, you know, somebody somewhere would lose $18 trillion and they probably wouldn't be that happy about it and uh, that would cause some problems. But I don't care. I think we should do it anyway. You know, I do. I think we should do it anyway and just, uh, you know, ride it out because, hey, we're going to have to ride it out anyway. And I think I'd rather ride that one out than th- what's coming. Anyway, speaking of, uh, you know, I mentioned Chicago all the time because the usurper, you know, basically started his fraud career in, in Chicago, which is, you know, fitting. Because, boy, they've been rigging elections longer than probably any city in America. Anyway, here's something that might interest you because Chicago, you know, actually Chicago put in such strict, they just banned guns in Chicago. They just said, no, nobody's having a gun in Chicago legally. That's it. Just the cops and the gangs, the other gangs. Uh, That's it. The cops and the other gangs, nobody else gets a gun. And the Supreme Court told them, no, you can't do that. You can't just ban guns. It's a constitutionally protected right. You know, uh, you can regulate, but you can't ban. All right. So, you know, they they came back with just, you know, still nobody really can have a gun. Kind of like in New York, they didn't ban them. But unless you're rich and famous and they decide that, oh, yes, I think you need one. 
Oh, you're just Joe Blow walking down the street wants to protect himself. No, you don't need one. You don't have any imminent threats. You don't. Uh, you 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 know you're overreacting. Oh, but if you're some famous rich movie star, oh yeah, you get to carry a gun because you know you're somebody. Uh huh. Anyway, someone in Chicago is shot every 2.8 hours. That's 24 hours a day, people. Every 2.8 hours, somebody's shot in Chicago. And this is despite major gun control. They have some of the strictest gun control in the, on the planet. Forget America. Someone in Chicago has been shot every 2.84 hours this year for a total of 2,349 shootings during the period of January 1st, 2015, October 6th, 2015, according to crime stats published by the Chicago Tribune. This year, Chicago is expected to eclipse the previous milestone of a shooting every 3.38 hours. Concealed carry is almost non-existent. To purchase a gun or ammunition requires a firearm owner's identification card in the entire state of Illinois, and additionally, a Chicago firearm permit, which is required to possess a firearm in Chicago. Not only are the people heavily regulated in Chicago, but guns are also heavily regulated. Any long gun with a grip protruding from the stock of the uh, uh, or a firearm with a telescoping stock is prohibited and classified an assault weapon. Magazines are limited to 12-round capacity. Even a spring-powered pellet gun with a muzzle velocity of 700 feet per second is classified as a firearm. Although it does not use gunpowder, the component that puts the fire in the firearm. A stun gun, a non-lethal device with no projectile, is considered a deadly weapon and cannot be carried for self-defense. Wait a minute. Deadly weapon? I thought they were less than deadly. Chicago, for all intents and purposes, is a gun-free zone. But all the state and city regulations associated with firearms in Chicago have failed to produce a safe city. And these are the policies that President Obama and Secretary Clinton wish to extend to the rest of the country. I wonder why. Oh yeah, that's right, they want you dead. That's why. I keep forgetting to mention that. Yes, the globalists want you dead. It's not a joke. It's not paranoia. It's not conspiracy. Go read their documents at the UN. It's not a, well, maybe it is a conspiracy, but it's not a theory. Anyway, it's Friday. I'll see you Monday. This will be replayed tonight. As always, thanks for listening. Through the grapevine, my new neighbor don't like my big red barn. A 47 Ford bullet holes and a door broke down motor in the front yard. <laughs> I gotta have a mind to paint a plywood sign and nail it up on a knotty pine tree. Saying I was here first, this is my piece of dirt and your rambling don't rattle me. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR 2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR 2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. 
Food prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, and Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. Gentlemen, I'm Melody Cedarstrom, and you're listening to Financial Survival. I'm here with my co-host Alfred Adams to bring you our opinion and commentary on today's economic and political events for Friday, October 9th, 2015. Good afternoon, Al. Hi, Melody. Well, gold had a very nice day today. Uh, up 1870, 1870 on gold at 1158.70. Off the high, though. Silver was up 16 cents at $15.92 and also off the high of the day. Platinum is up 32 bucks, almost 3.5% at 985, along with palladium up 8 at 713. The USDX today was down 0.41 at 94.90. Crude oil 0.13 to the upside, 49.56. You know, they have been able to take it over 50. They didn't close, but they have been able to take it over 50 a couple times this week. And uh, I believe today it ventured over 50 once again. So uh, interesting how it's uh, having a difficult time getting over that 50 mark. But uh, I think it'll go. But uh, we'll just wait and see what happens. I don't know how high it'll go, but... I do think we'll get a close above 50 here pretty soon. The Dow was up 33 points at 17,084. The Nasdaq up 19 at 48.30. S&P up 1 at 2014. 10-year yield down 0.01 at 210. The euro up 0.69, up big 1.14. 1.14 on the euro. And uh, Japan, Germany were all... Both were up over 1%. Hong Kong, London were up, uh, you know, about 50%. So um, 
that's really about it. Uh, everything is focused on what is happening, uh, you know, with Boehner and McCarthy from yesterday. And uh, um, Trump is back in the news again. Nothing. You know, what's interesting, though, is uh, I was doing another program today, and I was talking about the uh, Export-Import Bank that we talked about earlier this week. And um, that, again, passed uh, some uh, – it was in the news again today, and I guess it goes on to the Senate uh, for a vote to get it passed. But he was involved against that. Was, was he against he? it? Um, um, you talking about McCarthy or uh-huh. Boehner? McCarthy. Or McCarthy. Yeah. McCarthy. And I'm sorry, he was for it, but that was against the conservatives and the Tea Party members. So... Does it have anything to do with it? Probably not. But I just thought it was interesting that those two things, uh, you know, that was a big deal this week, the, the Export-Import Bank, and uh, and then have him do that. So anyway, does it mean anything? Yeah, it does. <laughs> it, means, it means that there's division, you know, in the Republican Party, and there's certainly division between the old-line conservatives and Trump and the Tea Party, and those divisions point to some sort of a, you know, it's like volatility in the stock market. It tells you there's going to be some sort of a change. But what it's going to be remains to be seen, but someone is going to assert power or gain power, or something's going to fragment where the Republican Party is, you know, more fragmented than it's been in the past, no longer even the appearance of unification. And something like that is going on in the Democrats. We've got Hillary Clinton, who is was initially thought to be unstoppable. And right now, you know, thanks to Bernie Sanders, it looks like she might not even get the nomination. She doesn't look inevitable anymore, that's for sure. Um, there broke up. Republicans have Trump. Um, Sanders is just an incredible story because he's pulling 20,000 people at his rallies. He's, he has brought in almost as much money. I think Hillary has something like $26 million and he's brought in $24 million or she has 28 and has 26 But he has... He has received contributions almost comparable to those of Hillary Clinton, and he's done it all with small contributions. He's not taking any PAC money. He's not taking any major fundraisers. He's getting it from little people, which means he has enormous support in terms of rank and file. Hillary's got support from a relative handful of heavy hitters and uh, big contributors and the rest of that. Um, but but Bernie Sanders has got this enormous fan base. And when I first saw him run for office, announced last May that he was running for office, I thought, well, isn't that cute? And you've got some nice old elderly gentleman with white hair who's running for president and doesn't stand a snowball's chance, of course. But, you know, if you want to run for president, you can in this country. They let anybody in there. <laughs> and I thought, his, I didn't think he'd last this long. And right now I'm beginning to think he's the guy. He may be more favored to win this 
than Trump or the Republicans or Hillary or anyone else. And the reason I say that is because Michael Snyder wrote an article. We talked about this a little earlier in the week. Michael Snyder wrote an article where he calculates that there's 103, actually 102.6 or something like that, but 103 million Americans who are in prime age who don't have jobs. Now, not all of these people are unemployed. Some of these people are like housewives, I presume. You know, they're staying at home and they don't have legitimate jobs. But still, we've got 103 million people in this country who don't have jobs who otherwise might have them. And that is an extraordinary basis for support for Bernie Sanders and socialism. There's These people are... There is so much unemployment in this country that they have created a political block that's massive. The Republicans had 60 million, 61 million people vote for him, uh, Mitt Romney, in the last election. Obama had 66 million. But right now, Bernie Sanders is the only guy who's got a handle on 103 million unemployed. I don't think there's anything the Republicans can offer these people. I don't think there's anything Hillary can offer them that they'll believe in. Bernie Sanders right now has captured, at least potentially, he's got a shot at capturing a third of the electorate, maybe half of the electorate. And why do we have this incredible voting block? Because we have income inequality. We have massive amounts of income that are going to the top one-tenth of a percent of this country, and the people in the lower and middle classes are being wiped out. And as a result, the greedy SOBs who have supported this income inequality and helped to make it happen and profited from it, those people have built an underclass of unemployed that's so big that it may sow the seeds of their destruction. Neo-fascists in this country may be destroyed by the unemployed. And Bernie is sitting there. He's got a, he's got a monopoly on this right now. 103 million people. What are they going to do? Bernie Sanders comes along and he says, I'm a socialist. I'm going to put a chicken in every pot. I'm going to see that you people get some money. I'm going to see that you get some jobs, whatever. And I don't know that he can do that, but he's the only one that anyone's going to believe might be able to do it. I'm beginning to think Bernie Sanders has a better chance of being elected president than Donald Trump. As nutty as that may sound, I mean, it was the whole idea was shocking to me to be to see it and to think it think it through. But if there, if Michael Snyder is right. And there's 103 million unemployed in this country. Then these people are natural supporters for Bernie Sanders and his uh, and his his notions on socialism. And who's got who has a voting pro, a voting uh, an alternative voting block anywhere near as big? Republicans don't. Rank and file Democrats don't. I mean, we could be sitting on the edge of a political revolution right now. I mean, who, you know, six months ago, if anyone said, well, I'm going to run for president as a socialist, 
most people would think you're going to be lucky to get 200,000 votes. Socialists. Nobody's going to vote for a socialist. Yeah? Nobody's going to vote for a Kenyan either. But guess what? So we'll see. This is this info, this election is just turning into something just extraordinary. I mean, this is an unpredictable. Where is it going to go, Melody? Well, Bernie, Bert and Ernie, I, I, we just can't have. <laughs> you know, that's too much to the Muppets. We can't have Bernie Sanders in there. But anyway. You know, yeah, everybody wants a check in their mailbox. I mean, you got to remember well, 50% who the, of the people... people in this country are getting checks. Yeah, I know. So, oh, that's real good for the country, isn't it? Terrible. He's against Wall Street. He's against these big banks, which is, I guess that's a good thing. Yeah. But not only are the people going to continue getting their checks and many more to get those checks, but then you're also going to have Wall Street crash. Well, it's going to crash anyway, but, you know, but uh, I don't know. You know, it's. It's well, he's going to want to tax the rich, but he's going to want to tax tax the rich, and I'm certainly not in favor of socialism. I mean, I understand collectivism and blah blah blah, and I don't want any part of it. But regardless, yeah, so I, mean, I kind of admire Bernie Sanders because I don't admire up, any of them. Oh, I, well, well, Sanders, I, again, I don't agree with his philosophy, but still, well, he's taken his shot, and this is turning into something extraordinary. And he's being fueled by who? By the neo-fascists, by the people who run the Wall Street and the big corporations. And they've said, to hell with the American people. We need more money for us. And they've taken so much, they've now created an underclass, 103 million people who don't have jobs. I mean, they can turn the whole political system over. And, again, what have the Republicans got for them? What's Donald Trump got for people that are unemployed? A promise that we're going to return to our former, our former glory and grandeur? Let's make America great again? Well, that sounds nice, but what's that got to do with putting chicken in the pot on the table? You know, Trump has nothing for these people. Hillary doesn't have anything for them. And there's more of them than there are Republicans, more of them than there are Democrats. And now the question is, and they appear to be motivated they're handing over all these small checks to Bernie. This isn't just a flash in the pan. What we're seeing with Bernie Sanders, you know, we've seen where he's he's come close to, and according, if I understand correctly, in a couple of polls, he has exceeded Hillary Clinton. We're not just talking about some college kids that, you know, uh, let's vote for Bernie or let's, you know, a little kind of a lark. No. I mean, he is... The, the spear point on a political phenomena that's taking place right now. They're given money, all right, lots of it, and they are showing up 20000 at a time for his rallies. I mean, right now, I think he is the favorite to win this thing. I, you know, it's, just, it's a long field. I'm not saying he's 50% probable winning, but I'm saying he is at least as likely as Trump and probably more so. Yeah, but the problem is, you know, you know, I went to his website, and he talks about creating decent-paying jobs. Okay, great. He opposed NAFTA. He opposed CAFTA. He opposed uh, TPP. Um, um, he agrees that it kills American jobs. So what does he want to do? And, I mean, and this is something that has to be done. I even agree with his idea, but the thing of it is we don't have the money. 
He wants to introduce legislation which would invest $1 trillion over five years to modernize our country's physical infrastructure. I agree. Our infrastructure has to be repaired. But we don't have the money. We're broke. We're bankrupt. Yeah, but you know, a trillion dollars. A trillion dollars. A trillion dollars over five. And then how long is that going to last? In a year. Well, this is just one issue, Al. Let's add on all the other ones. I understand. Which will be terrific for gold. Be terrific for gold. You know, he wants to you know invest another five point five billion into something. He wants free education. He wants to make college tuition free. You know, there's you know it's the same thing. You know, he wants to give everything away. Well, this country's bankrupt. Period. Where's all that money coming from? From the taxpayers. Well, I'm not going to pay it anymore, and I don't want somebody in there giving my money away without fixing the well, real he's problem. Not to give your money away, oh, you know, Melody. No. He's going to give the money away of the super rich, the top one tenth oh, of a percent. That's whose money he's. They going to don't pay them. any taxes anyway. Well, one way or another, they make enough money. And they make enough money, and they make enough money where the way their taxes are figured. That's why all these wealthy people, these billionaires, the Warren Buffetts, he brags about his secretary not making. Oh, I pay less tax than she does. Why? It isn't that he's. You know, he has all his little trusts and everything else. It doesn't matter how much you increase the tax or the, the amount of tax that he would have to pay. He still wouldn't have to pay it, and he knows that. All these, you know, Jamie Dot, Buck Diamond, yeah, I should pay more tax. You know, I'm a billionaire. I should. Well, they all know they're not, they won't have to. That's why they're out there saying, yeah, increase taxes. You know, we should be paying well, maybe more. Maybe they will well, have to. That's maybe. the whole idea behind Bernie Sanders. I mean, maybe they will have to. Bernie Sanders, Hot. right now, even we'll if he got elected it. president, even if he got elected president, what can he do? He can be a figurehead for these ideas, but he can't make them happen all by himself. But he's maybe opening the door where a bunch of other people running as Democrats and even Republicans are going to take a much more liberal position, and they're going to start moving to the left. He could get himself elected president and find out he's got a Congress. That is significantly to the left of what we have right now. And then what? I mean, this is interesting stuff. This is, this is uh, you know, it reminds me, the Russian Revolution, 1917, um, French Revolution, late 1800s, um, the New Deal. The New Deal with the move to the left that was based on High levels of unemployment in the in the Great Depression. And just look where it got us. Once again, high levels of unemployment. We shouldn't be surprised if we see some sudden something radical, politically radical, happen in the 2016 election. Let's take a break for some commercials. Melody and I will be back on financial survival in just a moment. Please stay tuned.
If you have a heart condition and emergency rooms and medical doctors are not an option, you need our emergency heart attack kits. Five concentrated liquid formulas enter the system in 60 seconds to protect your heart muscle, strengthen heartbeat, increase circulation, relieve pain, and make breathing easier. When seconds count, you want all the help you can get with our emergency heart attack kit. Easy to use and portable in a one-pound compact kit for your purse, briefcase, or car. Call Apothecary Herbs now for your emergency heart attack kit toll-free, 866-229-3663. That's 866-229-3663. International callers dial 704-875-8010 or order online at the 3 wsthepowerherbscom Since the beginning of the United States, kings have sought it, nations have fought for it. It has been traded, borrowed, purchased, and stolen. There is a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom, on American Voice Radio Network and Shortwave Radio. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. For the very best in gold and silver trading, call toll-free 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Call now. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. I'm Alfred Adams here with Melody Cedars from On Financial Survival, and the program is brought to you by Discount Gold and Silver at 1-800-375-4188. What's next, Melody? We have a special, a one-quarter ounce American Gold Eagle, a quarter ounce American Gold Eagle, and 20 pre-1921 Morgan Silver Dollars. 20 of those, and the small package is $885. $885 for 20 circulated pre-1921 Morgan Silver Dollars, 20 of those, and a quarter ounce American Gold Eagle. $885. Give us a call, folks, at 1-800-375-4188. Make sure you sign up at the website, dgscoins.com, dgscoins.com. Sign up for a newsletter, and of course, you can listen to our radio program Monday through Friday, uh, right from the website. Got an article here from Veterans Today. This is really an extraordinary article. 
Uh, there has been speculation and conspiracy theories that the United States, despite claiming to fight al-Qaeda, for example, were largely blamed for the 9-11 uh, attack in 2001, claiming to fight al-Qaeda, claiming to fight ISIS. There have been people who speculated that, in fact, the United States has been funding these, these alleged terrorist groups. Now, here we have an article from Veterans Today, and the headline is Brzezinski to Putin. Stop hitting our al-Qaeda or it's World War III. We, we've all heard in the news in the last, just in the last two weeks that Russia has stepped into Syria, and they have flown... 30 or 40 sorties with their with their aircraft and bombed about 40% of ISIS. All right? They've done great damage to them while the United States government, the United States military is wringing their hands. Oh my gosh, what can we do? What can we do? Russians said, here's a job. I'll show you what you can do. You can bomb these people. All right? And to great effect. And in doing so, they've made the United States look stupid, weak, and impotent. And I've been wondering what's going to happen here. And in fact, then they announced a couple of days ago, Wednesday maybe, I'm not sure, that they had they had they were not merely going after the ISIS, who everybody agrees are bad guys, or at least publicly agrees are bad guys. They're not just going after ISIS. They went out and they bombed the ammo dump for apparently al-Qaeda that was being funded by the United States. Now, the whole idea here, Russia stepped into this, say, well, we'll handle the terrorists. And in doing so, if the theories are correct that the United States has actually been funding these terrorists, it puts the United States in an incredibly difficult, awkward, embarrassing, humiliating position. We have to admit, oh my gosh, it's not that hard to deal with these terrorists after all. And why is it we couldn't bomb them if Russia can? That's one thing. We can start following Russia's lead and let Russia be the boss, essentially, for what's going on in Syria. And we can jump in and say, well, we can bomb them too. And we can start bombing some of these people uh, that are, you know, some of the alleged terrorists. Or we have to be put in a position where we have to defend what may be terrorists that we are, in fact, funding. So here comes this article on Leonid Brez... Uh, what is, I don't remember Brez, Brzezinski's first name. I want to say Leonid, but I'm not sure that's correct. Zbigniew yeah, Brzezinski. He says, uh, stop hitting our al-Qaeda or it's World War III. Now, Brzezinski was Secretary of State. He's not anymore. He's out of the picture officially. But he still casts a pretty long shadow in global politics. And he is probably one of the masterminds behind the neoconservative movement here in the United States. So here's the article. It says, former U.S. National Security Advisor Zbigniew Brzezinski uh, has asserted that Washington should retaliate against Moscow for Russian airstrikes against U.S. assets in Syria. And the author of this article said this is a stunning admission of the role America has played in the Syrian crisis. Dr. Kevin Barrett, the author of Questioning the War on Terror, 
made the remarks in a phone interview uh, uh, with Press TV on Tuesday while commenting on Brzezinski's latest article about Russia in the Financial Times. Brzezinski advised President Barack Obama to attempt to disarm the Russians if they keep attacking the CIA-trained militants in Syria. The Russian naval and air presence in Syria are vulnerable, isolated geographically from their homeland, Brzezinski wrote. They could be disarmed if they persist in provoking the U.S. Really? I think Brzezinski must be losing his marbles. We're going to just go over there and disarm the Russians? What are we going to do? Send in a couple of Chicago police or something and order them all to surrender their arms, come out with their hands up? They're going to be disarmed. You might be able to push them in, in ways where, where you can make them pull in their horns, but they're not going to be disarmed. They're not going to hand over their tanks or aircraft or whatever. Dr. Barrett said that it's a stunning admission from a senior high-level policy advisor here in the U.S. that the U.S. is in fact using al-Qaeda or perhaps the Islamic State, ISIL, terrorist group, as well as assets. We're claiming to fight these people. And here is Dr. Brzezinski saying, oh, wait, Russia's attacking our buddies. He is admitting that we're not really fighting these people, that they are our sock puppets. Brzezinski wrote that Moscow's apparent decision to strike the CIA's militants at best reflects Russian military incompetence. I don't get that. And at worst is evidence of a dangerous desire to highlight American political impotence. Now that I think they're doing I think Russia's looked at this and said, <laughs> what's, the, what's the United States going to do if we start bombing the terrorists that it's funding? Are they going to admit that these are our terrorists? It turns out that Brzezinski has made that admission. I mean, the United States, in theory, shouldn't be able to defend the terrorists. But here comes Brzezinski, says, we've got to defend the terrorists. There are terrorists. Commenting to Press TV, Dr. Barrett said that Quote, the American people will be very interested to hear that just 14 years after the attacks of September 11, 2001, which were officially blamed on al-Qaeda, which even then was called by some people al-Qaeda, meaning they thought it was a spinoff from the CIA, having had relations with relationships with the U.S. and the Afghan jihad against the Soviet Union, that this supposedly demonized enemy group that we were told was responsible for killing 3,000 Americans on September 11, 2001, is now our ally in Syria. And we should go to war with Russia and risk a nuclear war that could end life on the planet in order to punish Russia for fighting al-Qaeda, who we supposedly blame for the attacks on 9-11. Uh, Dr. What's this? Dr. Barrett, he continues, he says, Brzezinski, for better or worse, is actually considered one of the more sensible and level-headed people in Washington, D.C., which tells you something about the other people around him, the neoconservatives who are even much, uh, much crazier than he is. So, interesting world, Melody. We've got Bernie Sanders uh, cleaning up on the unemployed, or at least potentially. We've got 
Zbigniew Brzezinski arguing that the United States should attack Russia because Russia is attacking our terrorists. He's admitting this. How could he be so... I mean, the guy's got to be desperate or out of his mind. Why would why would anyone admit this? You know, this is the sort of thing that you would deny, 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 deny. People out there running conspiracy theories and say, oh, the United States is, is funding ISIS, or the United States is funding al-Qaeda. Someone should be saying, that's just a crazy terrorist theory, or conspiracy theory, excuse me. Uh, they should deny, we have nothing to do with that. Those are our enemies, blah, blah, blah. No, they're not. And it makes you wonder, what does anyone stand for anymore? Are there anything, does this country stand for anything? Or are we just cutting deals with anybody, anytime, any place? Doesn't matter, good guys, bad guys, terrorists, not terrorists, we don't care. Just cut deals and try to get much of whatever political advantage you can gain from it. Why are we supporting terrorists, Melody? Well, why are we supporting terrorists? Because it's cheaper than building infrastructure in our own country? Is that where we get more bang for the buck in Paris than we do out of people building bridges? I mean, I talked about George Soros. This was months and months ago. And his his comments about Russia. And Russia, they're pushed in a corner. They're going to strike back. And I believe what these, and you know, know, Soros is an elite. Brzezinski is an elite. Um, And you're right with the admission. But I think they're more on the side you know, they, 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 this guy sounds like he wants to go to war with Russia, where yeah. George Soros was, you know, anything against saying that we don't want to go to war with Russia. But Russia is pretty much being positioned to do so, um, and that Russia will have no other choice but to eventually, um, you know, escalate this. I mean, we all know al-Qaeda was backed by the CIA, I mean, it really isn't anything, you know, surprisingly new. But we've got Jim from West Virginia on the line. Maybe he has something he'd like to share with us. Maybe he's oh. calling to say hi. Oh. oh, yeah. Am I here? Yes, you are. Am I here? Oh, this is good. I didn't hear the noise. Okay. You were talking about financing, Mr. Sanders' financing thing. That's simple. Let me explain. First of all, you chop all federal business taxes. Now, if you have a city which taxes a business for police and fire protection, now who could complain about that? Job federal business taxes, and this will actually bring forth an increase in revenue because when you tax businesses enough, you get a decrease of revenue. We're past the point of diminishing return on the business taxes, okay? Chop out all rules and regulations on businesses other than truth and labeling, just weights and measures. You can decimate that crowd down to 10% on what it was. Who needs the CDC? Who needs the Department of Education? Why don't we just wipe out the EPA down to 10% of what it is? In other words, deal with something which is real. And for that matter, how about our military overseas? How about stopping the wars? Okay, we have $4-5 trillion in the Middle East. For one and a half million corpses, that's three million a corpse. What a bargain, folks. Come on now, if he wants to to, to, to to finance something, I mean, come on, give me a break. He can do it. Do you really believe he cut back? Do you really think I don't he'll know really go in there and cut gonna... these departments 
heck no. I don't know what he's going to do, but I'll tell you, that's how you finance something. Now, well, yeah, fifth, I up, agree. To, up to 15 years ago, I used to say, well, decrease the budget of each of these agencies 10% per year for the next 10 or 15 years, and we can back out. But it's past that point of diminishing return now. No matter what, we're going to have a horrendous economic crash. There's no political yeah. solution. Bernie Sanders doesn't have it. Nobody has it. It's a train wreck in the process. It's already started. Yep. But I will say this much. You produce, okay, you wealth, wealth production, food, fuel, fiber for clothes. You've heard me before. Materials and tools to build things, finished goods and services, what people want and need. Now, if you're not producing wealth, if you're not taking something little no value, increasing its value as a result of your efforts, you are sucking up wealth. We have more wealth suckers in this country than we do wealth producers, all right? We have protectors supposed to protect us. Now, now predator parasites who take our rights, our lives, our property, our children. And what happens is the producers are getting ground right into the ground. This has happened hundreds of times. It ain't going to work. But you take the predator parasites and you say, okay, you, sir, no longer have a job incrementally or however it's done, you have to go over to produce wealth rather than just sucking it up and throwing it into a landfill or flushing it or breaking it. Now, will they do it? I don't know, but, but there's no political no, solution with the train wreck. I don't think they can't. We've got so many people that are living in, as parasites in this country. I don't think you can teach them. They think they're okay. They think what they're doing is right. They don't look at themselves as parasites. They just take it, and, and I'm not talking about just people on welfare. There are people, I saw an article, someone's making a compelling argument, or at least an interesting argument, that, that uh, Homeland Security, the real intent is just to put people to work, doing stupid stuff like groping people in the airport. Right? They're not necessary. They're not really for serving of any kind of a meaningful function. It's just an attempt to create jobs and they can't create productive jobs so they create government jobs but the government jobs who is going to pay for them other than the productive people which means they don't have as much money left over to feed themselves and their family because they have to feed the parasites the whole thing well, is it, it's a terrible situation and it won't be we will not escape this easily or quickly no well it's very simple if you're a predator parasite, you need to go to that sector of the economy called the private sector. People from the government say, oh, I'm from the government. I'm here to help you. No. If they're from the government, they've come, come to take control and take money. Now, somebody called me into adult protective services. They said my dog was starving and I was, didn't have food. Lie, lie. And that I was an alcoholic. I've been an alcoholic since 72, folks. I found that out a long time ago. I just don't drink, okay? Or once in a while I'll drink. But the bottom line is, based on that, they come walking into my house with stuff like, oh, if we can't have a face-to-face -face, uh, uh, interview with you, law enforcement will be contacted. Now, come on. You're not here to help anybody. You're here to take control and take money. And it's these predatory outfits like, okay, EPA, CDC, they're not just sucking up monies to sit there and twiddle their thumbs or push paper. They're doing damage to our economy. They're regulating the hell out of businesses. You regulate enough business, you ain't going to have anything. If you if you want less of a tax, then regulate it. If you don't want less of a tax, then regulate it, and you'll get less of it. Now, that's what's happened to America. The most punitive of all taxes are the business taxes. Get rid of the business taxes, you'll have more income because more people will be working. So you actually get an increase. John F. Kennedy chopped 
the most uh, dangerous business tax was capital gains tax. That's where you tax next year seeds. This is where you tax tools. Okay, he chopped the capital gains tax and saved us off from having another recession. Now, government always talks about, oh, we have an economic development plan. I'll decipher that one, economic development for them, not us. Okay, it's, it's real simple. No, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you one other thing that's simple, and that's it's we are a minute past time to take our commercials, and we will Oops. return on financial survival in just a moment. Uh, Melody, myself, and Jim from West Virginia, please stay tuned. We'll be right back. part of our future. The question is, how do we protect ourselves? Are you willing to put your trust in an untested vaccine hoping it kills mutating viruses? Remember, in 1976, health officials tried to inoculate Americans with swine flu and there was a 300% death rate in those inoculated and millions were paid out in damages. God gave you a sophisticated immune system and in times of need, you can make it 10 times stronger. So there's no need to panic. Just get prepared. Call Apothecary Herbs to order your upgraded pandemic kit. You will have eight professional strength formulas offering broad-spectrum immune-boosting protection. Take a stand, have a plan, have peace, and request your pandemic kit today. Or take your chances with the bad boys. Call Apothecary Herbs toll-free, 866-229-3663, or online, thepowerherbs.com. Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, and Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value. Since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1 800 375 4188. That's 800 375 4188. Protect yourself and your family. Hi, folks. I'm Alfred Addis here with Melody Cedarstrom on Financial Survival, and our guest is Jim from West Virginia. And Jim was talking about capital gains taxes when we broke for commercials. Do you want to continue that line of thought, Jim? Well, I'm going to take it a little someplace else just a little bit. Okay, uh, real economics is real simple. Capital gains tax is like uh, burning next year's seed money, or burning next year's seeds so you don't have a crop. So capital gains is... is 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 designed to spur economic growth. Now, real economics is real simple. Now, government will come up with every scheme and scam they can come up with to stimulate 
the economy, so they get more money. But they'll do everything except the one thing that has proven to work every time. That's a decrease the size of the government. Now, I'm going to bring forth a very dramatic, drastic example here. Germany fell after World War II, and their economy rebounded. Now, our Marshall Plan had a lot to do with it. We invest a lot. But they basically, if I remember, memory serves, and it doesn't always, they handed everybody 50 Deutschmarks and said, okay, there's your currency, make it happen. And the German economy rebounded. Within 20 years, they were producing the Volkswagen and importing it. The Japanese, too. So after you destroy, I'm sorry, decrease the size of government, and I'm not against government. I'm against criminal activity. Now, anytime you have, now listen, uh, property doesn't pay taxes. People do. Fuel doesn't pay taxes. People do. Anytime you tax anything, agriculture, mining, manufacturing, trade, the four cornerstones, none of those pay taxes. People pay taxes. And we're getting to the point now where people are going to start getting very upset. I am a pacifist. I don't start fights. I want to stop them. I don't even want to win them. But what's going to happen real quick unless somebody starts, and the government starts backing off fast? Who needs a BLM? Unless they start backing off, it's going to get bloody. And these people work for government, I hate to tell you, but their life expectancy is going to be dropping by the day. So I'm trying to warn everybody. The government, there's only Mm -hmm. one thing which really works, and that's for government to get off the backs of the productive. I think I've said, sometimes I get hot, but I think I've said enough. All righty, Jim. We appreciate it. Thank you. All right, I think people are going to get hot, and I think we're seeing some evidence of that. Just by people, the Trump phenomenon mm-hmm. is evidence. Right now we take it for granted. I mean, we forget in just a matter of months how quickly you forget. But the Trump phenomenon fed off people's anger at the government. We don't want another jackass from Congress or from the Senate who is a trained professional liar, who's going to look us in the eye and tell us what we want to hear and then do whatever it is they want to do and sell us down the river. We are aware of the process. We're looking for somebody outside the system that might actually do us some good rather than just con us. Well, Trump, it was, Trump is a reflection of that. But so is is he really? Bernie Sanders. Is he really a reflection of that, or yes. is he? I mean, when you, you know, I mean, no, I'm just talking about people in general. I mean, you, you talk about the, the the cheerleaders, the you know, the football games, the excitement, and so forth. Is he just projecting that where people are, you know, he's high energy. He says, "Yeah, we're going to make," and people just get on the bandwagon because. He's a winner. They don't have a clue what he's talking about. That may be, but he is. And they're probably not, and they're probably not, or don't understand what's truly going on. They're just behind him because he's cheering them on. It's not just cheering. He was to come out and say, "Look, we got to do something about these illegal aliens." To us, he is saying things that no one else in politics wanted to say he stuck his neck out and he said look this is a bunch of crap it has we have to bring an end to it all right and people said yeah why can't we find another politician who is willing to tell the truth which we all know trump was the first one to do that and everybody got excited oh my god somebody's telling the truth or is now we forget about that it's only a few months since he got into this and he started he 
Trump started telling the truth. We forget that. Now he's just one of the pieces on the board. But you got to remember, he got into he got into this by trying to tell the truth. And everybody was amazed because they're sick of the lies that routinely come out of Washington, D.C. Trump told the truth. He had a, all of a sudden he had support. And that's why I'm not quite sure is it really the people who understand the politics of things. Do they really understand? Uh, do, are they really fed up? Are they really tired? Or are they just jumping behind somebody because, hey, he's different? And he's, you know. Well, yeah, yeah. You know? Some of it's because he's different. No question about yeah. that. But he's different in that he's trying to deal with difficult issues by telling the truth rather than being politically correct. I'm just not That's so sure. That's one thing you can say. Trump is not politically correct. He is prepared to call a spade a spade and deal with the problem. Say, what is the problem? All right, let's deal with the damn thing and not worry about it, not pussyfoot around it. And I'm just not so sure how sincere he really is. Well, I'm not sure. You know, I mean, what can you say? I mean, nobody gets to positions of extraordinary power and extraordinary wealth by being completely honest. All right? I don't believe that for a minute. All right? He is familiar with, you know, whether or not he tells lies, he's used to hearing them. And he knows they are commonplace at his uh, level of of in society um i don't know you know if you're going to live around lies all the time no one should be surprised if you learn to lie but still he was at least telling the truth you know and that was such an extraordinary event that people just said oh my god you know it's like looking for passage and revelation you know as a sign of end times there'll be an american politician who tries to tell the truth at least for a couple months all by itself, it's pretty extraordinary. You know? There's other politicians who told the truth. They just didn't back up what they said. It was just a way to get re-elected. We have a caller. We have Jerry from Indiana. Thank you, Jerry, for calling. Hey, Melody. Hey, Al. How you doing, Jerry? What you got for uh, us? Pretty good. I just, I just wanted to put my little bit of what very little knowledge I have in, but, uh, you know talking about Bernie Sanders and all the people and talking about uh, parasites. Uh, we import parasites, Republicans mm-hmm. and Democrats, by having open borders. Yep. And the figure I'm tired of hearing about is how there's 11 million illegals in here. Uh, you need to update that. That's been going around since '94. Yep. It's actually 38 to 43 million. And uh, the other thing, I think we've got all the money we need to fix the bridges and the infrastructure, but you have to stop this insidious foreign aid. Mm-hmm. If it's not a humanitarian effort, you know, what are we doing sending money overseas anyway? And I don't know how much we going, how much do we send in terms of foreign aid anymore? Do you know, Jerry? Don't and know where I'm how. going with this is let's compare our foreign aid to our foreign military. I'll bet we spend well, enormous amount on military beyond what we spend in in foreign aid. But it's the same thing. I mean, when we establish a military base in some foreign country. In theory, we are providing them with essentially free military services. 
Now, I know we stand, we expect to get something out of that, but regardless, it's the difference between military and foreign military expenditures and foreign aid. I don't know that at bottom it's all that much. You know, I mean, it's a big difference in terms of money, but in terms of principle, we're sending money to foreign countries. Yeah, and uh, I kind of figured the uh, war effort in my uh, statement about foreign aid. You know, we don't go in to win a war. We're jealous of Putin because he's a real dude. You may not like him, but uh, you know what? And I think the the reason that these uh, talking heads are upset with Putin, I've thought about this and thought about this, He's not going to care if it's a Muslim mosque or anybody. He's going to go in there and try to erase. And how can you just go into Afghanistan for 15 years, you know, and blow up a, what, a hospital every now and again and this, that, and the other, and just keep it going, lob a couple here. Look at what Putin's doing. Right or wrong, he's doing something. Yeah, no. I think and I he's think... not politically correct. He just says, here's the problem, I'm going to solve the problem. Hand me the hammer, I'm going to drive this nail down. All right? And we're pussyfooting around saying, oh my gosh, don't do anything to offend anybody. Putin says, right. you know, you got to admire him. You know, whatever he is, I he's do. at least dealing straight up. I admire him. I wish we had courage like that here. Yeah, I know. We don't, though. He's but, a leader, and that's what he's doing. Yes, he is. And, and that's, you know, it's like everybody says, regardless of who he is and what, you know, all the reasons and so forth, he's a leader. Not only that, he's also an intelligent man. Well, he's to be a leader, you have to be intelligent. stupid things. All right? We have all kinds of things. I can, you can... We can point a finger at Obama leading us this way, that way, the other way, well, and some of it works. Maybe most of it probably doesn't. Putin says, "Okay, we're doing this. This makes sense. We'll do this." Yeah. There's, there's such an enormous difference. It's disturbing, and it is disturbing oh. that we can't find American politicians to behave in a pragmatic manner. They're not obvious. I don't doubt there's probably some out there, but they sure are not obvious to me. Do you see any pragmatists up there, Jerry, that are in positions of power right now? I don't even see a remnant of anything with uh, intestinal fortitude anymore. Uh, That's what I do respect about Putin. You know, the man keeps himself physically fit. I think they say he's 63 years old. And... uh, I don't know. To me, you know, and and everybody says, oh, you know, he's a Russian communist, all that. No, he's a leader, like like I, you know, like Melody just said, he's a he's a true leader. Whether you agree with him or not, he's going to go in there and wreak havoc, and he's not going to care who it is on the ground. That's he's right. He's going to erase it. And uh, but it, but he wouldn't know, wreck havoc. He doesn't wreck havoc just to do it. He does it to protect his country, and he's doing it for his his homeland. Well, he's doing it in part, I agree with you, but he's doing it in part because, look, he says, we got an objective right here. I'm going to hammer that nail down. And if we put a couple of dings in the wood from slamming it with a hammer, too bad for the wood, but the nail is going down. And I'm not worried about the collateral damage. 
We have an objective. We're going to achieve the objective, and you can't. That's while we pussyfoot around for eight and a half years in Iraq and achieved what? Anything? How about Afghanistan? How long have we been there? Eleven years now, or something in Afghanistan? What have we done? How could we not win this war? If you can't win a war in eleven and a half years, don't you think it's time to quit? I agree with you, Al. I'm right there with you. Yeah, I, I understand. Mean, it, you know, a lot I, of people. I don't understand are. it unless unless there's that kind of money to be made. Uh, you know, guarding all the poppy fields over there, Al. But uh, Melody and Al, I appreciate your program. And, uh, Thanks, thank you very Jerry. Much. I to, appreciate your call. Just wanted to throw that two little bitty Hoosier or sense in, but which isn't much. But have a good weekend. Oh, no, it's good. We appreciate it, Jerry. We really do appreciate your call. Thank you. Yeah. I forgot. <laughs> it's almost the end of the show, so I... I know. We have, you have 40 <laughs> I, seconds, Melody. But you know what? You know, to walk seconds. away from those wars, I agree. But you know what? We started those wars. We initiated. We're the ones who... I, there, I mean, everything was going fine over there. <laughs> there was peace over there. Christians could live over there and yeah, not right. worried about being beheaded. And yep. now we go in there, whether it was financed by the CIA, by the Mossad, whatever, they stirred things up for their ultimate goal. And here we are today. Their ultimate goal is this, you know, the chaos. And that's exactly what there is. You've got the Muslims that are that are populating all these countries with the, the their desired goal is to get their Sharia laws in there, and and they're eventually doing it. They're getting little local politics. They're getting involved in politics. They're getting about positions in government. We have, you know, and it's just like really. I mean, we are left to wonder: Is our government just that incompetent? Or are they doing this intentionally? And maybe we'll consider that question a little bit next week, but we're out of time. So we want to thank all of you for listening. Melody and I will be back on Monday with Greg Hunter will be our guest. And have a good weekend, folks. And in the meantime, the good Lord bless you, me, Melody, and Frank, the producer. Bye-bye. Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. 
Vitamin E prevents internal blood clots, but not all vitamin E is equal. Would you like to get a vitamin E that makes blood flow more smoothly than Plavix, but with no harmful side effects? For Spectrum Natural Unesterified Vitamin E Complex has been called WD-40 for your blood. It actually lubricates the blood while it dissolves plaque. It prevents platelet aggregation and internal clotting. It neutralizes smoke, fumes, waste, and other harmful free radicals. Doctors report relief from angina, painful leg cramps, strokes, fibrocystic breast tumors, circulation problems, and much more. Get one bottle for $35 postpaid, two bottles for only $60 postpaid. Restore this vital nutrient removed from your food supply through food processing. Read more at 4spectrum.us, spelled number 4spectrum.us. Call 800-581-8906. That's 800-581-8906. Order today. Can your family survive a food shortage lasting two weeks, six months, or maybe longer? Sound far-fetched? We live in precarious times. There is an ever-increasing possibility of food shortages caused by terrorist attacks, natural disasters, truck strikes, or monetary collapse. You owe it to yourself and family to prepare, and you can by getting a supply of our long-storing, freeze-dried, and dehydrated foods. Our foods are time-tested to store for decades, require a minimum of time and energy to prepare while maintaining superior nutritional value, freshness, and taste. Our foods were designed for the space program and are in constant use today by our own nuclear submarine service. Contact the Freeze Dry Guy today at Freeze Dry Guy at Lancet.com. That's Freeze Dry Guy at L-A-N-S-E-T.com or call 530-265-8333. 530-265-8333. And let them know you heard it on American Voice Radio. fluctuating. Gasoline reserves are low and the price is rising. World events are at best uncertain. How would you fare a stock market crash, hyperinflation, or an overall economic collapse? What would you do if you woke up and the U.S. dollar had the buying power of a penny? Call Swiss America at 1-800-BUY-COIN for a free 21-page report explaining the current economic dangers and how you can take steps to protect yourself and family. Call Swiss America at 1-800-BUY-COIN. That's 1-800-289-2646. 1-800-289-2646. To learn how you can become prepared, call 1-800-289-2646 and mention you heard it on the American Boys Radio Network. Fighting soldiers from the sky Fearless men who jump and die Men who mean just what they say The brave men of the Green Beret Silver wings upon their chest These are men America's best 100 men will test today but only three when the green beret All right everybody you're listening to American Voice Radio run by Frank Stephan American 
United States Army veteran. Guy has been all over this world and uh, a man who has found what he's supposed to be doing, and that is running alternative media, American Voice Radio. And he's doing a great job. Uh, when you take a look at thousands of rated programs, Tom has uh, uh, was just quit, uh, Tom Donahue, his slot of just talking to Frank. Uh, Frank is going to uh, take over his slot. Uh, he'll sell a, a piece of it from oh, 11 o'clock. You're listening to the 2 to 3 slot. Now, if you're on the West Coast, now uh, on the East Coast, uh, then this is get-off time, uh, drive time 5 to 6, But uh, so that you won't get confused. And I'll <laughs> sometimes I, I screw that confusion screw down pretty hard, so that's what that was what happens is not what I mean to happen. So you got to know what I'm going to say, regardless of what I say. Anyway, uh, the Tom Donahue slot is going to be filled, but if you will look at who is broadcasting over American Voice Radio, you'll find uh, that many of those are well-listened-to hosts, and some of them are... Uh, in for alternative health. Some of them uh, are in for talk radio. This hour is analysis uh, radio, if you will. What we do is we take the news, and then I give you the truth behind the news as my experience having done, uh, you know, things, isn't it interesting how I read you yesterday, 16 years ago uh, to the day I was reading what happens and what we were forecasting. I said gold had gone up to $400 just like I had forecast, and I was forecasting it was going to continue to, to raise. And here it is. Now, today, uh, gold, by the way, is uh, 1346 Dollars and this is just bullion. Uh, if you get the numismatic, or if you get a particular uh, kind, if you want double eagles, uh, you want American buffalo, then they're going to run around uh, fourteen hundred bucks. Uh, silver is up too. Yeah, it's uh, up sixty-two cents. <laughs> It's $23.33. I've always thought that uh, silver was underrated, to tell you the truth. But can you imagine an ounce of silver, $23? Now, it used to be that we had silver dollars. Remember that? And uh, the Walking Liberty silver uh, was just as beautiful a coin as was ever struck. And uh, many collectors, and I hope that you're one of them, have saved those silver dollars. Well, I had a marriage recently. I hear a young man that was in the scout troop in Sandy Valley. He went from being the tunnel rat, the littlest guy in the troop, to being the senior patrol leader. He graduated from high school. Uh, he wanted to blow things up, so he went into the Ordnance Corps. 
He won an appointment to West Point. I was there in New York, West Point, uh, to pin on my second lieutenant bars. And uh, now he's a major. And he's found his one true love. Her name is Angel. And so uh, we attended his wedding here in Lost Wages uh, just this uh, last week. And I was thinking about uh, what could I give him. I didn't want to, uh, you know, they're traveling. So you don't want to get them uh, something large because it's going to be tough on them. Uh, getting aboard the aircraft and this kind of stuff uh, with carry-on. And so I thought, well, I'll just give them uh, money. But then, you know, money seems uh, so impersonal, even though it's important. And so one of the things uh, I gave them uh, was uh, what I'm looking at right now. It was a uh, $2 bill. Now, don't confuse that with the Bill Clinton $3 bill. Remember, we had those $3 bills came out when Bill Clinton uh, was the president of the United States. Anyway, this uh, $2 bill was uh, put out in 1963 by uh, President JFK, and it's one of the things that uh, got him killed, and it is... Uh, you know, one of the things that got Lincoln killed. And uh, I, I told him, let's see, I've got me a, here's a, uh, a two million, it's uh, 1963, $2, and it says, uh, United States note. This note is legal tender for all debts, public and private. Well, what does the money say today? Well, all, all the money. Now, this is a red seal. So if you ever are just being given a change and you see a bill with a red seal on it, look at it carefully. 1963. And the difference between the United States notes and the Federal Reserve notes is very simple. The Federal Reserve note, whatever the face value is, has been loaned into existence at a, just like borrowing uh, from a not-too-good-of-a-friend, and you have to pay interest. Well, the United States note is put into circulation with no debt against it. And you see, the banks don't like that. Because the Federal Reserve is not federal. <laughs> it's made up of these private banks. And uh, the Federal Reserve deal is that for every bill, every paper bill uh, that is minted, printed uh, by the U.S. Mint, the Federal Reserve private bank pays the cost for the ink and for the paper. That's about three cents. And then whatever the number is on that piece of paper, that is loaned. That value is loaned to the United States and its people at interest. And currently, the interest 
on these Federal Reserve notes is the fourth largest expenditure that we have. The first largest expenditure. Thought you might be interested. So this is current as of this date. The largest expenditure is Medicare and Medicaid. They have put so many people on the Medicaid. Uh, it's, it's, it's run now to 782.6 billion dollars. That's what Medicare is. It's our largest expenditure. Next is Social Security. Not because of the old folks, but because of everybody that has been added to Social Security, like the SSI uh, people that are uh, disabled and this kind of thing. $695.7 billion that has cost us so far this year. It is the second largest. The third largest is the defense, which means the wars and the military. And you'd think that it would be more than Medicaid or more than Social Security, but it isn't. It used to be. Uh, as of today, uh, this year, $683.8 billion spent in defense. Well, the fourth largest expenditure is the interest that the United States pays on its own money. If it is printed, then it is loaned every dollar into existence. And uh, we are paying now an interest of $202 billion. Actually, it's $202.43 billion that we are paying in interest on the federal debt. So I thought I would give this young uh, major, his wife is a captain, by the way, and uh, I thought uh, that I would give them, as one gift, a Kennedy federal uh, United States note. So they might know the difference and one of the reasons that Kennedy was killed. So if you see a red seal, uh, grab it. And it should say, because all of the others are Federal Reserve notes. Now, the silver dollar that I was talking about uh, before, uh, it has a blue seal. Uh, if you, back in the day, when we were on the uh, gold and silver uh, level, uh, when you saw George Washington, he had a blue seal, and it would say at the top, instead of United States note or instead of Federal Reserve note, it would say, I've got what I'm looking at, silver certificate. Then, and it looks just like a $1 bill, only it has a blue seal. Grab all those. At the bottom, uh, underneath George Washington's uh, a photo, Likeness, it said, $1 in silver payable to the bearer on demand. Whoa, 
Now, that would mean today, <laughs> if you had one of those, uh, you could walk up there, and uh, they'd have to pay you. It would be worth $23.33 because it says right in there, in silver payable on demand. So you see how our money, even though the looks are the same, uh, it changes. And Lincoln did the same thing. Uh, Lincoln, the banks wanted to loan him money at a mere modest 20% interest. Oh, those banks up there in New York City, they love war. They don't care what side uh, because uh, they loan to both sides that they don't care who wins. And so Lincoln decided that he would reject uh, the loans and that he would print United States notes. And so he did. And the banks were very angry about this because there was no debt associated with the United States notes. So you can understand why they'd get angry, and uh, maybe not do say anything, you know, to stop it. Uh, the banks, I'm not saying kill JFK. What I'm saying is I can name you eight good reasons why JFK was killed, and in the balance of the eight is the fact that he was printing United States notes in lieu of allowing Federal Reserve notes. And so that is why. All right, now, let me get uh, get back, because I just mentioned that gold uh, today was $1,346 uh, an ounce. And if you want uh, special kinds of bullion, it's going to run about $1,400 an ounce. And if you want numismatic coins, it's going to run that. And, and depending on the year and depending upon uh, the, the level, I could never afford anything uh, more than like MS-64. Uh, uh, they have these different levels. And uh, it means the coin is uh, in more premier shape uh, the higher level uh, that they give it. But the numismatic coins can never be seized by the government, whereas bullion was seized back uh, when FDR came into the presidency in uh, 1932. He seized all of the gold. He didn't want people to have real money. And he paid them uh, the price that he determined that they would get for it. And uh, otherwise, you could go to prison uh, for being, you know, a, a money a changer that was uh, beyond federal guidelines because all the gold had to be turned in to the federal banks. That was 1932. Then, of course, we went 
off of the gold and silver standard. Today, there is nothing behind the Federal Reserve note. Remember, I read you, it, it said on the dollar silver certificate, one dollar in silver to be paid to the bearer on demand. Well, now, of course, it says nothing. <laughs> That's because uh, it just says one dollar <laughs> because it isn't uh, like the old one dollar in silver payable post to the bearer of demand because we're not on the you know, precious metals uh, standard anymore. It's just printed. Just paper. And that's why uh, Obama can say, well, I think I'll just hand out another trillion dollars because he just turns on the presses. The banks love it because these are not United States notes. That's a big difference between Abe Lincoln and Obama. Abe Lincoln was trying to keep the United States out of debt, and Obama... Uh, is looking to drown us uh, in debt. Now, I want to uh, kind of stay on uh, that same tone about money and about government, and I want to focus, since we only have 25 days till the election, on uh, something that happened today. Now, I've been talking to you about this and trying to... Uh, present it in various ways so that, uh, and, and I'm not trying to confuse you, but let me try to give you a, an analogy uh, just popped into my mind. When the government uh, sent me to Chinese Mandarin language school in Monterey, California, it's called the Defense uh, Language Institute, West Coast, I was uh, enrolled in a 77-week course. That's all we did, read, write, and speak Chinese Mandarin. It was the hardest thing that I've ever done. Uh, and uh, when they sent me there, they did with the idea, we're going to take uh, the war off of Bo's mind. <laughs> and they did a pretty good job of it. I think I shot more streetlights out uh, when I didn't have to stay up so late doing nothing but studying dialogue and how to make uh, Chinese characters. Anyway, uh, about the 12th or 13th week, I was struggling, struggling, barely keeping uh, my uh, nose above failure. And all of a sudden, it was like the door opened, and all of a sudden, it was like I had a, you know, a life jacket. All of a sudden, it was as if I was being lifted up out of the consuming seas of, of squigglies and, and weird-sounding words. And uh, I, now I could understand, and I began adding, and so. What we're talking about here is something that most people, most Americans, don't understand. And so that's why I, have, I keep saying it different ways, because those windows and doors are going to open, and you are going to understand. I didn't understand it either. I was living it. 
I was there behind the veil of national security. Now, we know, for example, that Rahm Emanuel, uh, he jumped off the ship uh, here uh, this first part of this week. Remember, he was the uh, chief executive officer to the chief executive officer. (laughs) He was chief of staff of uh, President Obama. And uh, normally he would wait until after the elections and all this, but um, we don't know exactly what happened. There are some things that are happening. Uh, A lot of people are unhappy. Another person who has bailed, uh, who has jumped ship, is James Jones. James Jones, you may say, huh? Uh, Yep, that's the National Security Council advisor. And uh, you may wonder why, James Jones. Well, things aren't going well, friends. So he uh, has obviously uh, bailed off because uh, the president has probably looked at him and said, you know, (laughs) you're supposed to be giving me guidance on how uh, we look good in our national objectives and portraying them overseas like uh, in uh, Iraq and uh, against Iran and Afghanistan. Anyway, he's gone as of today. Well, one reason, the Senate is going to close down here real soon and they're going to go off in politic. And so we'll have what we call a lame duck session in December. Remember, uh, the new guys that we elect in November they are not in, uh, put into, installed into office until January. So uh, today was a conclusion, uh, actually, for the Senate Armed Services Committee, one of the most powerful uh, committees. And the Senate Armed Services Committee has been studying something that should be of interest to uh, all of us. These contractors, who are they? Well, remember, we had some American contractors that uh, shot and killed uh, a lot of uh, civilians, innocent people, uh, right at the green zone. They used to ride around uh, looking like uh, you'd expect Pancho Villa's men to look in trucks that were in front of and behind uh, people from our State Department with machine guns uh, stuck out of the windows and uh, a load in a pickup truck, all of them armed and uh, dressed in, in civilian clothes, uh, but in a militarized way. And this was Blackwater. Remember them? Well, uh, every now and then, uh, you'll, Obama will do something that is right. He doesn't do everything wrong, just most of the things. Well, Karzai, uh, he does a whole lot of things wrong, but uh, he ordered all of the contractors out of his country by uh, the end of this year. And I agree with him because the Senate Armed Services Committee found out that we are paying pro-Taliban forces 
We're paying the enemy to guard our bases and our convoys, and they're not doing it very well. As a matter of fact, in one case, the security guards at the base opened fire on our Marines that they were supposed to be securing a base for. And when the Marines hollered out, hey, we're Marines, they shot at them, and they killed a United States Marine. And so now the Senate Armed Services Committee has uh, brought out some shocking, but not for you. I've been telling you this all along, but uh, we'll go to a break. And when we come back from the break, I'm going to give you the breakdown on how much this has been costing American taxpayers. And how do we end up hiring the enemy? And uh, what have we just heard? So stay with us. American Voice Radio will be right back to you. Americans for Immigration Control is a leading national organization dedicated to reasonable levels of legal immigration and effective enforcement to stop illegal immigration. With more than 250,000 members and supporters nationwide, we are an effective voice for immigration reform. AIC stands up in Washington for the views of most Americans on immigration. We are the leaders in stopping recent legislation to reward 10 million or more illegal aliens with legal status and eventual citizenship. The late Georgia Congressman Charlie Norwood had this to say about us. AIC has earned a reputation among members of Congress as one of the most active and responsive advocacy groups in the field of immigration. Join AIC today. For more information, go to our website, immigrationcontrol.com. That's immigrationcontrol.com or call 540-468-2023. That's 540-468-2023. Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Let TalkStream Live transform the way you listen to radio. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. What makes deep sea salt from France so different? Up from the ocean depths in the south of France flow undersea rivers of pristine sea water. At high tide, the prepared salt ponds are filled with this water. Over spring and summer, processed only by ocean breezes and sunshine, the brine thickens and salt crystals float to the top. These are harvested with nets and deposited on wooden drainage flats to dry. The salt is then gathered up, packaged, and shipped around the world. This salt is much more than a box of lifeless sodium chloride. Soldiers 
treasures worth their salt were once paid with this valuable commodity. It contains 78 to 84 balancing elements. This is living salt, and once you have tasted it, you will never go back to anything else. I've seen this salt in gourmet shops for $30 a pound. Get it now at 4spectrum.us for under $8 a pound. Order 10 pounds and enter the coupon code AVRSALT at checkout and save $20. Ships free to your door or call 800-581-8906. Order today. The U.S. dollar is fluctuating. Gasoline reserves are low and the price is rising. World events are at best uncertain. How would you fare a stock market crash, hyperinflation, or an overall economic collapse? What would you do if you woke up and the U.S. dollar had the buying power of a penny? Call Swiss America at 1-800-BUY-COIN for a free 21-page report explaining the current economic dangers and how you can take steps to protect yourself and family. Call Swiss America at 1-800-BUY-COIN. That's 1-800-289-2646. 1-800-289-2646. To learn how you can become prepared, call 1-800-289-2646 and mention you heard it on the American Voice Radio Network. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Freedom Call. Now, we know now, because of that old newsletter that I was reading from yesterday uh, in September of 1994, that's when we started Freedom Call, because that's when they arrested Tom Donahue, and uh, he was in the Hooskow, and uh, he asked me to take over American Town Forum. I uh, didn't uh, even pretend to be able to do uh, the interviewing the way Tom Donahue did, uh, but I had some very unique experiences. And so I just started sharing, and I know what's going on up there in uh, Washington, D.C. And I speak Washingtonese, uh, even as if somebody were yelling at you in Swahili or Chinese or some other weird language, chances are I might be able to say uh, he's not actually cursing you out. Uh, he's praising God for you. <laughs> Probably not uh, would would be the case. But anyway, it uh, is very interesting that I didn't know that this program had been on for 16 years. No wonder I get tired. <laughs> 
every now and then, and maybe you do too. Even though the news is like a trying to paint a moving train. Can you imagine that? Let's say that you get the mission from the president, one of the stimulus packages. And by the way, did you ever get any stimulus money? I never got any stimulus money. I didn't get a check in the mail. You did? Well, how come I didn't? Anyway, it's very interesting to me that uh, the government uh, sent out all of these stimulus checks, apparently. And one thing that happened is they sent uh, checks to 75,000 dead people. Well, (laughs) somebody is out there cashing those checks. But isn't that something? You know, we... We start looking into what our government's doing. The government is so incompetent. That's why it it was set up by our founders to have the president uh, appoint these people to very high-paying and important jobs. And then the U.S. Senate, the appropriate uh, committees, They actually have hearings, and they uh, will uh, interview. And do you know that the U.S. Congress actually has to approve all of the commissions that the president makes in the military? Some guy gets uh, promoted from second to first lieutenant, and somewhere uh, there in the process, uh, they're is a uh, Congressional Armed Services representative that's signing off on these uh, officers. And then eventually, uh, like I have them uh, stacked in a, in a cardboard uh, box, uh, I go dig them out, and it says, the President of the United States showing great confidence as this day, upon approval of the United States Congress, appointed you a, there's a blank here, captain in the regular Army of the United States. Yeah. So uh, it, that's the way it's supposed to work. But when you bypass the Constitution and you just appoint these czars, you see, uh, it the czar doesn't get vetted, doesn't get questioned, doesn't get quizzed. Then we end up with czars who, uh, and many me did this. He appointed the guy that when the big hurricane hit down there and our uh, emergency management didn't do anything, well, we couldn't expect them to do anything. The guy, Minnie-Me Bush, appointed was a old roommate's buddy who knew nothing about emergency management. But that's the way the president can do. And it's up to the Senate. They're the ones that have to approve of all of these appointments. And when they don't do their job, you end up uh, having bar buddies and then suddenly something goes wrong and the sky falls in. 
And here we send out uh, stimulus packages that I never got, <laughs> but they go to dead people. Well, there you go. I mean, you know, Obama, uh, that's how government is working. That's how it worked over in Kenya and Tanzania. That's how it works in the People's Republic of Benin and the most corrupt nation in the whole world, Nigeria. Yeah, you can find them uh, doing the same way in Abidjan, uh, Cote d'Ivoire, the, the Ivory Coast. So we shouldn't be surprised. We voted for it. We allowed it. We got 25 days to do something about it. And so, as I've reminded you before, uh, this election coming up in 25 days is not what we're voting for. Uh, there may not be anybody, and that's the a problem. In Nevada, we have one of the selections is none of the above. That's kind of like having you know Mickey Mouse or Pluto there. And a lot of times, none of the above wins. But as somebody usually who has the most votes goes in. But it takes away uh, if you just are voting against. But what we're going to have to do in this case is vote against the incumbents unless there is an exception where you are at and put in uh, someone new so the word goes out. We're not going to put up with it anymore. Now, if the new people that we vote in, if uh, if they even try to sell their soul to the devil, then what we do is give them a warning. And then in the next two years in the general election for president, we get a vote out again. See, the Senate serves six years. The 435 members of the House every two years, we get a chance just to wipe them clean. So this year, it's what we are voting against that really counts, and that is the incumbent, unless there is a major exception that you can actually say, I am willing to cast this vote and look God straight in the face and say, I believe I chose the right. Then we want to keep the good people. Now, I was telling you about the Senate Armed Services uh, Committee. They have determined that there are 125 different contractors that are questionable that the United States State Department actually is the one uh, who is ultimately in charge of this. Now, but uh, Petraeus has said that he's putting the uh, onus on the military people to make sure that they check out these uh, contractors. But, you know, the military has got its job. And the 125 contractors, they are being paid tens of billions of dollars. Now, you know, you should know, that Karzai, gee, there wasn't an ounce 
of heroin or opiates being grown according to the figures before America occupied Afghanistan, there was no measurable production of opiates in the country under the Taliban because they were priests. It was, they were following the Quran, and it's against the Quran. They considered a Western devil. They consider it a wicked and evil practice to use dope. And you know something? I agree with them. But uh, wherever America is, my son uh, called me. He was in the Rangers and Special Forces and was on the uh, DMZ in Korea. And he said when we were talking about uh, these contractors, because he runs an armed agent school uh, in California, and uh, his uh, business has skyrocketed with all of the requirements for these contractors to be trained uh, in proper use of arms and other defensive weapons, like PR-24s, that's a baton and this kind of thing. And uh, when I mentioned about uh, what was going on in the armed services uh, Some of the contractors, what they were doing is taking money and uh, they were uh, putting up rocks where they were supposed to be people. I know. You say, can't happen, Bo. Ain't nobody. Uh, a base, a marine base is being guarded and paid uh, way more than the soldiers they they, uh, they wouldn't allow uh, just a pile of rocks to represent, you know, it's kind of like a cattle guard. I think that the al-Qaeda and Taliban 
got this idea uh, from uh, the, the, the Congress representatives in Colorado. Now, this, this happened some time ago, uh, but it was the truth when somebody said that they were going to remove 150 or 300 cattle guards uh, from Colorado. And the Colorado representative jumped up and said, oh, no, you're not. You're not going, we're, you're not going to remove any cattle guards. Uh, if what we've got, if anything, we'll just more. Well, cattle guard is a uh, steel grate that you put across the road uh, that uh, has holes in it. Uh, and that way cattle uh, don't, they won't uh, cross it because they're unsure about uh, putting their hooves uh, into one of these uh, holes. And so uh, you don't have to have a cattle guard uh, living and breathing. You just put this thing in the road. <laughs> and, uh, but uh, what does Congress know? Anyway, we honestly, some of the contractors were just using rocks uh, as people. Other contractors were actually active Taliban. They were shooting at inside the base at the Americans they were supposed to be guarding. This is not a good time right now uh, for us in Afghanistan or in Iraq. The Muslims are all uh, frothy and, and, and stirred up about a big victory. Because you see, when we withdrew out of uh, Iraq, and I was certainly for it, we were deceived by maybe Bush. We were lied to. There weren't any weapons of mass destruction. Iraq, I told you, and if you've forgotten, Iraq has more reserves of oil than probably any other uh, single area. We want that oil. So we go in and we take the country. We kill the man that we supported for eight years when he was fighting Iran and the Ayatollah. And we put in our own puppet government and the world's largest embassy. And uh, having accomplished that, and now uh, things are beginning to get, you know, to go against us. Because we are crusaders, this fourth crusade. Only it's the fourth crusade of the rich. And we're over in Afghanistan. What for? Oh, duh. 93% of the world's heroin demand comes out of Afghanistan. They can't even uh, grow food for their own people but they're growing opiates for the whole world. And so the U.S. taxpayer is paying uh, these 125 contractors to guard our convoys, which are being blown up and sabotaged. And now, see, there's a big front coming. They see that they have America on the run. We're sending more troops over to Afghanistan. And that what the Marines are saying is where before they were uh, trying to just keep secured these areas. Now, in the news yesterday, it was 
There are firefights everywhere. We've got 1,321 American young men and women in uniform that are dead today. The numbers keep going up every day. We've got 4,425 out of Iraq. That's a total now. Let's keep the count and not forget. I know you may not like it, but you need to keep it right in front of your face. You should write it and put it on a big place card in front of everyone's plate tonight at dinner. 5,746 acknowledged by the Pentagon dead U.S. citizen military. I mean, there are so many caveats. But State Department says, well, we've got to have these contractors. If we didn't have the contractors, then we couldn't go forward with our mission. What is the mission in Afghanistan? What are we doing? We have gotten rid of al-Qaeda. That was the original mission. We were supposed to capture or kill Osama bin Laden. We haven't done that. Why? Because he's a Muslim who fought hard against the Russians. And every other Muslim's going to protect him. That's why. Why can't we win in Afghanistan? Because we're fighting to them a holy war. And they will fight. They think it's virgins, not Virginians. And they will fight us until the last person. They fought Bonaparte. They have fought the Russians. The British have tried, and they're trying again. Now America is trying to occupy this poor country, and these people may live in caves and hovels, and they may not be able to read. But you know something? They know that they are Muslim. They know that we are not, and uh, they know that this is a holy jihad, and they will support their brethren that are armed, like the Taliban. And they'd rather have the Taliban than they would Karzai, who is a puppet for the United States. Goes all the way back, his daddy, uh, to Eisenhower. I thought I would quickly, and I only have a few minutes left, Uh, make note that the Dow, along with gold going up to record highs, the Dow has gone up and settled uh, today, first time since May, at 11,000. And a lot of people may say, well, I know that's Wall Street, Bo, but uh, what is, who is uh, the Dow? (laughs) Well, the Dow are the 30 most successful industrial companies. Now, when one fails, uh, then they add the next one. Travelers Insurance Company, for example, was added in 2009 because they were more successful. Kraft Foods was added in 2008. And Chevron was added in 2008. And Bank of America was added. You see, as they get ahead and other companies go down, it is the top 30 companies. 
and then you buy one share of every one of these companies, what it adds up to, that is the Dow. Well, there are hundreds, thousands of companies that aren't as successful, nearly as successful as the 30 in the Dow. And so don't get too excited when the Dow goes up. It's just a, a indicator. Let me give you, until uh, we uh, run loose, let's see if I got anything. It's, uh, oh, geez, jobs really took it in the shorts uh, this month. Obama keeps saying, you know, this thing is over, and yet we lost uh, 95,000 jobs this last month. And you know what they found out? Skinny women get more money. And fat men make more money. Kind of weird, huh? 159,000 being laid off by Obama's government. Boy, I'm here. All foreclosures are stopped. That's going to really... The Democratic National Party is raising more money than the Republicans. 25 days. All right, let me run you down just so you can say... Hey, I know who's in the Dow. 3M, Alcoa, American Express, AT&T, Bank of America, Boeing, Caterpillar, Chevron, uh, Crisco Systems, which is computer networking, Coca-Cola, everybody knows that, DuPont, which is chemical, uh, Exxon, everybody knows that, General Electric, a conglomerate, Hewlett-Packard, technology, uh, Home Depot is home improvement, Intel is semiconductors. IBM is computers. Johnson & Johnson is pharmaceuticals. J.P. Morgan is banking. Kraft is food processing. McDonald's, we know. Merck is pharmaceuticals. Uh, Microsoft is software, of course. Pfizer uh, is uh, pharmaceuticals. Procter & Gamble is consumer goods. Uh, Travelers is insurance. United Technology Corporation uh, is a uh, conglomerate. Uh, very quickly, let's see. Uh, Procter & Gamble, Travelers, uh, you ought to, yeah, Verizon is telecommunications, Walmart, retail, and the last company, Walt Disney, is broadcasting and entertainment. All right, now you know... Uh, what it is, and they say, yay, uh, the Dow. Well, yeah, the Dow went up. These 30 companies, they're supposed to go up. <laughs> but uh, don't be misled. That isn't the stock market. That's just the top 30 companies. All right, let's take a quick look at uh, what's happening until we go to the break. Um, three... Hundred and ten million four hundred and thirty five thousand legal U.S. Americans, a hundred and eleven million three hundred and five thousand taxpayers, fighting for twenty six million no job, eighty one million families, forty two million on food stamps. 1.4 million bankrupt, and a million have had foreclosures, but now they've all been canceled, and they're saying they may all be illegal. So all these people can live in the house for free. 
until it's all worked out. And it goes state by state. It's according not to national, nothing Obama can do. This is state by state law. Okay, guys, you stay with American Voice Radio. And you have yourself a good weekend. Don't forget. This actually is the Sabbath and sundown on Saturday, and we praise anything you want to on Sunday. But if you're going to keep uh, God's fourth commandment, uh, you need to look at it tonight. Okay, see you later. Courage take from the green beret, silver wings upon their chest. These are men. America's best 100 men Countries have denied Internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC seized in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be depended on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free-to-air satellite system from AVR. The AVR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for one four. $49.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System. shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific.
right, good afternoon. This is the con- there we go. This is uh, the Condition Critical Show. I'm your host, Jay Shanahan. You already said that. Anyway, you're listening on American Voice Radio. It is Tuesday. We are live. It's the 6th of October, just after 3 p.m. And as I always like to do, uh, I like to get this out of the way before I start. First off, you can go to the chat room. Because in the chat room, I like to post uh, my website for you all to go and check out. Not really going to talk about uh, in my latest article that's on there, although it's quite interesting. I may mention it later. You guys can check it out if you want. Uh, there's my website. Also, I don't see it, but let me find the donate link. I always like to post the donate link for this network in the chat room. I think it's a worthy endeavor. I say it every week. I also have, still have, a standing offer for anyone that donates to this network uh, that I will, there we go, there's a donate link. I will uh, send them a little 550 paracord item. I have yet to, sadly, I have yet to take, uh, anyone has yet to take me up on that offer. Anyway, there's the donate link, there's my website. Okay, where do we start off? Well, I wanted to ask a start off by asking a question this week. And this is going to pertain mostly to, to any of you out there that have children. And I hesitated to to include pets, but you know, some people don't have kids and that's cool. And and some people have like dogs especially and and they you know, they consider them family and that's cool. And I never really understood that until my wife got a, a small Boston Terrier. Oh, it's been well, it's been about five years, I guess, at least I would think. And she's been a really good dog, and she's part of the family. And, then, and so that's why I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to include pets. So anyway, for those of you that have children, and let's just stick with children, or for those of you, uh, you know, to be redundant with the, with the dog. So, so do you remember? You know, when your kids were little, uh, you know, maybe you wanted to go out to a dinner and a movie, you and the wife, right? So you thought, hey, let's get a babysitter, right? And so, you know, you kind of kick that around. You say, well, you know, don't really, you know, not really comfortable. So, but then you get to the point, it's like, look, man, we need a break, right? So you start asking around. And usually when you, you know, you, you, you try and get a family member or something like that, but that doesn't always work out. You would be very surprised, or maybe you wouldn't be very surprised at how unwilling uh, your family is to to watch after your kids. Huh? Not, you know, I, I understand, whatever. So then you go maybe with some coworkers, right? Kids of coworkers, uh, maybe neighbor kids. And hey, uh, there's even complete strangers at times. Okay? So now I got that all laid out. Hopefully you all can kind of get a picture of that. And the reason I ask is, because then what you do is you invite the prospective babysitter over to your home, right? See how they interact with the with the little one, right? Yeah, here's a book, and, you know, you kind of sit there, and you guys are kind of just watching the interaction, and okay, and kick the things, ask a few questions, kind of get a general rundown of the person, you know, look decent, kind of clean and not... You know, get any kind of strange vibe. You know, parents have this sense that they can, you know, pick up a weird vibe and so forth, right? Essentially, 
what you're doing is you're you're kind of doing like a a background check almost. Okay. Okay. So you we got that all laid out. That's with the kids and and the babysitter and so forth. Now let's just kind of move on to maybe a, a job. I'm talking like even just your basic Seven Eleven down the street or your Jiffy Lube. Just you know a Target uh, store. Uh, you go to the mall to one of the little shops in the mall. Whatever. Okay. Anymore, I mean, you're you're getting a background check for for any of a back for any of those places. You're going to get a background check. You go in, you do the interview. Uh, okay, we'll get back to you and a whatever seven, you know, to ten days, whatever background check. And hey, some places even uh, do a credit check on you, which I disagree with, but whatever. That's what they do. <laughs> Excuse me. Now, the reason I ask all of this is, well, first of all, I mean, just think about it. You know, think about you as the, the, the parent. You know, you kind of want to know who's, you know, watching your kids, right? That's, I mean, that's what a responsible parent would do, right? Now you take these prospective employers, and they're like, hey, man, we kind of want to know who we're kind of letting into the store here, you know? We're kind of, we want to know who's changing oil for our customers and so forth. I, I get all that. Uh, you know, I could really go into the whole background check for, for employers and especially the credit check thing. I think there's some irregularities there that I, I'm not really, you know, cool with, but whatever. So anyway, background checks, credit checks, whatever, because you're concerned, right? As you should be. Employers, they're concerned. As they should be. Right? Makes sense. Well, look at the people that are running for office today. Let's just stick with the presidential candidates because they're kind of out there front and center. And, you know, I thought, you know, before I do this, I'm going to do a little bit of research. But you know what? It's really not that hard. I mean, just Google one of these. Just Google Hillary Clinton. Just Google uh Scandals involving Hillary Clinton. Well, I don't think you would be surprised. I, I don't. But maybe some people would. And I could go over just, you now. look, Hillary Clinton, as everyone knows, certainly I would think on this network, that everyone knows that this woman is the, like, she's the, the poster child, the poster person for evilness and scandal and corruption and everything else. It, it's just... And it's just unbelievable, and I could really stop there. There's a, and this is from WorldNet Daily, and I know it's, I'm not saying it's a suspect site, but it's, it would be a site that would lean more, you know, towards how your folks like uh, on this network certainly would, would kind of lean. But that's neither here nor there, because what's the, the title of this article, let me scroll the whole way up, or here are Hillary's, Hillary Clinton's 22 biggest scandals ever, and I'm not going to read them, you know, uh, what they are. Well, I'll read what they are, but I'm not going to, you know, kind of give the details. You have uh, Clinton turns IRS into Gestapo. That's one. Number two, uh, covering Bill's dirty deeds. You know what those are. Everyone knows what those are by now. Looting the White House. Remember when they left, they took everything, took a bunch of stuff. Uh, Filegate. Uh, FBI files on GOP enemies. Uh, Hillary's Muslim Brotherhood princess. That is Huma Abaddon, a.k.a. Anthony Weiner's wife, 
the Muslim female uh, who's like the Muslim sisterhood princess or whatever. Anyway, so there's that one. You have Vince Foster's death, remember that, back in 1980, uh, 1993. Email gate, obviously, still going on. Let's see. Uh, uh, China gate, sales of high-tech secrets. That's number eight. Number nine, travel gate, always room for friends. And I could go on and on and on. There's, they list 22 of them. Uh, pardon gate, Hillary's, uh, Hillary's Senate contributions. Or, yeah, and then you have Hillary's missing law firm billing records. Okay. On and on and on. That's just Hillary Clinton. You got Bernie Sanders. I I haven't heard a lot, but again, you just Google. Just Google it. And this one comes up. Bernie Sanders wrote an unusual article involving abusive sex fantasies in 1972. And there's a, a short little kind of description, and then they post. Actually, I'll post this in the chat room. It's kind of small, but you can read it, and I'm not going to read it. It's kind of, well, it's kind of not safe for work. So let me let me post this really quick in the in the chat room. Bernie Sanders. There we go. And then uh, let's go to Jeb Bush. Uh, here's one. Old family scandals may haunt uh, Jeb Bush presidential run. And they go on to listen. This is mostly involving his family. In 2005, his son Jeb Jr. was arrested in Texas for public intoxication and resisting arrest. Let's see. Uh, in 1999, while he was governor of Florida, his wife, uh, Columba, was fined for declaring only $500 worth of goods to U.S. Customs on her return from Paris, when she actually made close to $20,000 in purchases. Three years later, his daughter, Noelle, was arrested at age 24 for alleged prescription fraud while trying, uh, while trying to buy a tranquilizer, the drug Xanax. Again, those are kind of mostly involving family. But here's, uh, let's see... Now this one, this page lists and describes the, like the entire uh, Bush crime family. I don't know if the entire, but it's a great deal of Bush crime family scandals and criminality. <coughs> Excuse me, I have a bit of a cold, so bear with me. And it's not a long piece on Jeb Bush, but it's called Influence Peddling for a Bust-Out Scam, and it involves uh, Jeb Bush in, in the savings and loan debacle and and some, some pretty, you know, some pretty in-depth uh, financial irregularities, if you will. Actually, I'll just go ahead and post it. You guys can read it for yourself. Because really, the point I'm trying to make here I'm, isn't necessarily to read all of this, but let me go ahead and post this. Also, this one, and that's the entire Bush crime family. Okay, and then you got the. Let me find, well, Carly Fiorino. Now, if, if you all were listening to the Contenders for the Faith yesterday, Jason, uh, his last name is slipping my mind, I apologize, on the Contenders for the Faith, really described, went into some great detail on Carly Fiorino. Now, we all know, or at least we all should know, if we care, honestly, if we care, now let's, let's, Remember back to my opening about, I mean, don't you care who, like, watches your kids or so forth and so on? Okay. So Carly Fiorina. And this article is titled The Job-Killing Touch, How Carly Fiorina Wrecked Hewlett-Packard and the Bell Labs and Set American Science Back by Decades. And I think Frank has gone into her CIA connection and so forth. And and here's the thing. Again, this was very simple. I thought, you know, I'm going to do this and 
you know, I'm going to try and illustrate some things. And then I kind of just Googled it. And I'm like, wow, I mean, that's well, pretty easy. So this is, now here's, let me just cut to the chase. Because I, I could, again, I could have done this with, with all the candidates, but it's so easy that you can do it yourself. We care about who watches our kids, and we should. That makes sense. Uh, Jiffy Loop cares about who's changing oil in their car. Would, it, would any of these people, let's just take Hillary Clinton, because she's like the, 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 the queen of criminality and corruption. Would you hire her as a baby? Would you hire her as a babysitter? Do you think she could get hired at Jiffy Lube with her background? I mean, they would do a background check on her, and I doubt that they would even call her back. Right? She'd just be like waiting by the phone. Wow, I, I applied to Jiffy Lube two weeks ago, and they haven't called me. Uh, Bill, what's going on? I don't know, Hillary. Eh, maybe he could be, you know, past is catching up to us, I guess, and so forth. Right? Right? And that's why I'm kind of less speechless here. Don't the American people care about, because look, you know, if Hillary Clinton gets elected president, God forbid, she's going to like be the ultimate babysitter, right? She'll be like the babysitter watching not just us, but our kids, and she's in charge. She's going to be in charge of a, of a whole lot of stuff. I mean, if, if, if anyone thinks that what she's gotten away with in the past uh, and maybe I'm wrong here. Maybe I'm giving too much credit or too much power to the position of the president of the United States. But I'm thinking if she gets in there to be president of the United States, it could get like it could get worse. And I know that's pretty uh, that's a pretty bold statement to make. Like like could get worse. How could it possibly get any worse with Hillary Clinton? Well, elect her president and find out. And look, Jeb Bush, same thing. Donald Trump. I had one here from Donald Trump. Uh, let me find it. And this was a scandal here. And this is dated, oh, J July 3rd this year. So it's not that long ago. And this was about, well, I'll post it in the chat room. You can read it for yourself. Again, I don't have to really read what they've done because they've all, again, just Google. And they've all, they've all got these scandals in and, you know, this, this criminality that they're involved in. And we're considering them to be, and this is the best that we can do, I guess. This is, the, this is what frustrates me. Day in and day out, this is what frustrates me when I, when I hear people talking, speaking glowingly of a presidential candidate. I'm like, are you out of your mind? At a minimum, these people don't, you know, belong running for president. At a minimum. But I would say that each and every one of the candidates, and I, I'm not going out on a limb, I believe when I say this, I believe each and every one of the candidates running for office today should be in jail. Should be in jail for what they have done. You would be, read what Jeb Bush has done. Just Google what he has done or what any of these other candidates on either side have done. And are doing. They still do it. I mean, even while they're running. They, they get involved in, in scandal, okay? And I even hesitate to use that word. So let me change it. Criminality. Because I think saying scandal kind of, I don't know if it's a, if it's a way to, to kind of minimize it. I just kind of, that just kind of, kind of came to me. But I believe that it is. Instead of calling it what it is, criminality. 
like when you get like arrested for something and you know it's like uh you know jay shannon was involved in a, a scandal last week no jay shannon commit broke the law he, he was involved in some criminal activity got arrested and he's in prison right a scandal that's what's a, what's that a scandal that's come on am i right or am i wrong now i i believe that there, there are that there are differences and you know, i'll go that far but I'll also say this, they're involved in both. I mean, Hillary Clinton isn't just involved in scandal. I mean, she's involved in criminality as well. And and sometimes the two are the same thing. Sometimes their scandals, you know, are criminally based, if that makes any sense. <clears throat> anyway, folks, that's that's kind of what I wanted to to put out there is that we're we're asking these people, we're trusting these people to run the country. Now I know, I know, but that's what we're doing. And look, if the right person got in there, I believe if the right person got in there, but that's, now that's, that's, that's wishing for a lot, I know, because at the same time, because look, it's not just the president, I've said this before, the whole system, and I've been criticized for this, I've been called a lunatic for this. I called into a radio show on, a, on another network, oh, oh, six months ago or whatever. Waited on hold for like two hours because I'm, I'm determined sometimes because of what they were talking about. And so I called in. And, 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 and this is what I always say, you know, because people, and, and people believe this. They believe, man, if I can just get my guy in there, you know, and, and they'll wave a sign for their guy, put a yard sign in their yard and and put a bumper sticker and and so forth and i've said this and i'll continue to say this that that the whole system the whole system is broken and and corrupt from top to bottom every senator every senator not some of them not most of them all of them every u.s representative everyone not a couple of them not most of them all of them are corrupt every one of them uh, the president, obviously, the vice president, right? The Supreme Court, every one of them, not two of them, not three of them, all of them are corrupt. So I, I consider that I consider that basically the whole system. You've got the judicial, the legislative, and the executive. Each and every one of those people could be found guilty of a crime. And, you know, if they were regular people like you or I, and should be in prison, each and every one of them. So, so the notion that if you just get your guy in there, right, uh, he'll fix it. No, because once he gets there, once he gets there, that's it. If he's if he has any integrity, they're going to get rid of him. They'll find something. They'll make something up, at a minimum. And if he's really determined, well, they'll just have him killed. Simple as that. So, the whole system is corrupt. So, you know, like I said, to, to think that we can just get an individual, you know, president in there and, and things are going to change. But that's really beside the point from the point I'm trying to make now is that is that none of these people running for president qualify to, I wouldn't hire them to cut my grass. I wouldn't want them on my property. These are bad evil people it's almost it's almost 
uh, a joke to even talk about it, really. And that's, I, I just don't understand how people don't see this. Oh, okay, let me go back. Jason Burton, I thought that was his name. I apologize, Jason, if you're listening, that I'd forgotten your last name momentarily there. I thought that's what it was, but I didn't want to be rude and say something different and get your last name wrong. So that was Jason Burton, who yesterday illustrated the criminality and the corruption. And she, and let me digress for a moment, Carly Fiorino is is a, I can't think of a, a good word to use on the air here. She's a witch. Carly Fiorino is a witch. Okay, I don't get her. She, there's something off about that, that woman. She's a witch. So, But again, she's running for president, and she's seriously being considered, I, I guess, at least by the media. I don't really know what the average person thinks, because honestly, and I, I kind of hate to say this, I don't really ask the average person what he thinks. Because, you know, they, they really don't think that, that much. And so they, it frustrates me when, when I do. So I rarely ask the average person what they think because they don't really know what they think. And they're, you know, they're just more concerned about, you know, what's on TV or who's playing on Monday Night Football and so forth. So, but anyway, folks, we're considering a whole host of people to be the president of this country when – they they should be in prison. I, I won't even say that, you know, that, that they should just not even be running based on they're just kind of not good people. These are criminals. These are like mastermind criminals. These are people that get away with, with, with you know, really significant, like, things. Just Google it, like I said, it, and you will find for yourself. The stuff that they get away with, it wow. Like Jeb Bush with the millions of dollars and, and scandals with the savings and loans and, and Carly Fiorina with, with her stuff and the, 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 like the little sexual fetish perhaps that, that Bernie Sanders has and on and on and on. And we're considering these people. And look, two people are going to come out on top. Okay, and it's going to come down to two choices like it always does. And w w however it, well, the system works, okay, I'm not going to get into all that. One of those two is going to get, the, you know, this time, well, not this time, but next year is going to be elected president of this once great nation. And, and you know what? And, and then the show goes on because nothing's going to change. Nothing's going to change, folks until we have the intestinal fortitude to change this system. And that doesn't mean just, you know, starting at the top with the president. And that means starting, you know, at the very bottom and changing the whole system. And that sounds like a tall feat. I even, I, I, you know, I don't even really know how to describe how to do that. But we have to do it. We have to get together. We have to... We have to come together as a, as a country, as a people. We have to see what's going on. And I don't know how that you couldn't see what's going on. Jobs leaving the country, right? Uh, pensions getting raided. I mean, it's every day something not good is happening to just the common folk. Every day. 
But you know they've been very effective in the in their you know diversions and so forth with Dancing with the Stars, and that's not a cliche to say it really isn't. People, you know, you people just you gotta wake up. It's really not that hard to wake up and 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 to see what's going on. It's really not that hard. And then maybe we can change some things. So again. Would you elect? Would you hire Hillary Clinton to watch your children? Would you hire Hillary Clinton to dog sit for you if you had a dog? I don't think so. I don't think so. I, I think if I were to walk down the street, go over two blocks and and go over another block and knock on someone's door as a like a you know a surveyor and, and ask that person, hey. Uh, and just give them a resume of a person without a name on it. Hey, I'm asking a question, taking a survey. Would you hire this person to babysit for your kid? Oh, let me see. Wow. Mm. No. Okay, would you hire that person to, to cut your grass or to dog sit for you? No. Hell no. Well, there you go. And then I would say, well, you know who that person is? That's Hillary Clinton or that's Jeb Bush or that's Donald Trump. These are the people being considered to, uh, to run that are being considered for president. They're running for president. Wow. Come on, folks. Just Google a name or two. That's all you have to do. It's not that hard. It wasn't that hard for me. I figured it out. I hope others can do the same. We're getting close to break, and when we get back, yeah, we'll talk about something a bit different. So we'll see you on the other side. Go 
did not see the tandem gravel truck passing on the curb. Too much fun, too little love. She didn't have time to China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, and Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family.
Countries have denied Internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC seized in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be depended on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free-to-air satellite system from AVR. The AVR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for one $49.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System. My pappy said, son, you're going to drive me to drinking if you don't stop driving that hot rod Lincoln. Have you heard the story of the hot rod race with the Fords and Lincolns was setting the pace? That story is true, I'm here to say I was driving that Model A. It's got a Lincoln motor and it's really souped up. That Model A body makes it look like a pup. It's got eight cylinders and uses them all. It's got overdrive, just won't stall. Carbon and dual exhaust with four living gears, you can really get lost. Got safety tubes, but I ain't scared. The brakes are good, the tires fair. Pulled out of San Pedro late one night, the moon and the stars was shining bright. We was driving up great fine hill, passing cars like they was standing still. In the wink of an eye, a Cadillac sedan passed us by and said, Boys, it's a mark for me. By then, the taillight was all you could see. Now, the fellas ripped me for being behind, so I thought I'd make the Lincoln unwind. So, my foot off the gas, and man alive, I shoved it on down into overdrive. Wound it up to 110, my speedometer said that I hit top end. My foot was blue, like lead to the floor. That's all there is, and there ain't no more. All thoughts lost my sense and telephone poles looked like a picket fence. They said, Slow down. I see spots. The lines on the road just look like that. Took a corner and sideswiped the truck. Crossed my fingers just for luck. My fenders was clicking the guardrail post. The guy beside me was white as a ghost. Out of the back when I start to gain on that Cadillac. Knew could catch him, I thought I could pass. Don't you know by then we'd be low on gas? We had planes coming from out of the side. Field attention, man, what a ride. I said, Look out, boys, I got a license to fly, and that caddy pulled over and let us by. Now all of a sudden she started knocking him down in the gym. She started to rock, and I looked in the mirror, red light was blinking. The cops was after my hot rod Lincoln. Me and they put me in jail and called my pappy to throw my bail. And he said, son, you're going to drive me to drinking if you don't stop driving that hot rod, Lincoln. All right, welcome back to the second half of the Condition Critical Show on Tuesday, 6th of October. It's 30. minutes past bad last night in the area. As you all know, I live out here in Washington, and I 
drive trucks. So I was up in the Seattle area last night, and it was Monday night football, so you had to see Austin, the Detroit Lions playing. Well, I was up in Seattle as the game was letting out. So, yeah, it was. Uh, it can be quite frustrating in a in a, a, a very large semi and just getting cut off and, well, you name it. So anyway, I thought I'd play a little bit of just kind of for that album. That was his last good album. That was from the Screen Dream album. And I, I don't think there's another song on there that I could probably play on this network. I'm actually a bit surprised I got away with that one, but I did. I, I thought Terminal Sail Dorado, there you go. And then Commander Cody with uh, Hot Rod Lincoln. So there you go. All right. So I hope we see all kind of have it in our head now of who we want to babysit our children. I think we should all have that in our head now, who we want to cut our grass, right? Uh, who we want to watch our little pet dog or cat or parakeet, whatever. I think we all have that in our head now. So let's keep that all in mind when we go to the voting booth, folks. All right. All right. Well, the other big thing in the news, Let me find this. Okay, what do we got going on here? Hold on. Time out, folks. Time out. Okay. I think I'm off the air. Am I on the air again? I have fixed my internet. There we are. Well, I don't know if that was me. Uh, I have fixed my internet. Come in the chat room. Let me know what's going on. I'll wait. Or Frank, if you could chime in. Yeah. Okay, I'm on the air. Sorry about that, folks. Uh, yeah, I don't believe that was. my place there. Okay, so you had the uh, supposed, and I'm only going to say this one more time, and let me illustrate this way. You can't overlook, you know, when people say that this could be a false flag. Let's just call it that, because you can't overlook that, because the government has, they've done it before. And, man, just Google false flag. I'm not going to, you know, Pearl Harbor, uh, you know, you go back you could go back to when we were just, you know, cavemen with sticks and stones and there were false flags. Okay. They work. They're effective and they do them. So I think that discount it would be uh, unwise and it would be uh, irresponsible to, to disregard it. It just would. So we have to kind of, you know, start from that standpoint. And then, okay, so you had the, the and I'm going to call it, I'm going to call it a false flag. It was uh, To me it was a definitely – some type of a staged event, 
Now, some people might have gotten killed. I'm, okay, fine. I understand. But it was staged. There was something that's just not right. Something smells fishy. Well, then it was like, you know, right after that, you had uh, Philadelphia had uh, a Philadelphia Community College or something. University of Pennsylvania Temple was a number of them. They had these, what the, the ATF and local authorities described as unspecified threats. And as soon as you hear that, at least me, as soon as I hear unspecified Threats. I mean, what the hell does that mean, unspecified threats? Well, what that means is that's just a way to keep people on a state of high alert. Out here, you had uh, up at the Everett Community College. Well, we got some music going. Let me get rid of that. Hold on. You had it at some community college in Everett, uh, just near where I live. I got some music going on in the background, folks. Hold on a second. There we go. You know when you click on a, a news article and then, like, all these ads pop up, it's like, well, where's that coming from? And you think you got rid of it, but you didn't. Anyway, that's what was happening going on there. Where was I? Yeah. The uh, the high state of alert is, is what I'm trying to illustrate here is now. What they're, they're really ramping it up. Okay. Now, Sometimes they have to kill some people, and sometimes some people have, have to be killed in order for this for the government to uh, achieve their, their main goal. And their main goal of late, their main goal of late is, hold on a second. Uh, their main goal of late is to get rid of the guns. And they're going to do that by whatever means necessary. You got Hillary Clinton. She now has come out and says that she's going to close the gun show loophole if she gets elected president. Once and for all, she's executive power. I illustrated last week, and I had an article that I had pulled up. I can find it, and I'll post it in the chat room, because that's where the ads were coming from. And this article, and I think it was from The Blaze, I think. I'll find it. But either way, most stuff that you get, or at least some of the stuff that I've gotten, they're not coming from, like, some right-wing you know, websites, this, I think it was from the blaze. And so they're like, that was, that's a, you know, that's ludicrous because, and they pointed out a uh, U.S. title, you know, 18 and U.S. code and all that. They're like, that's, that's ludicrous. Uh, that doesn't make any sense. They're, this so-called gun show loophole is just that it is so-called. I live in the state of Washington and I used to be a member of the Washington arms collectors. And what that is, it's uh, they've put on some pretty big gun shows throughout the state. And near where I live in Puyallup, Washington, at the fairgrounds, uh, once a month, they will put on a gun show. And you have to, uh, you can go, you know, you can like go as just kind of like a non-member. Uh, like if you're a member, you pay, a, it's like, I forget, it's like 30 bucks. You go through a regular background check, too, just like if you were purchasing a firearm, right? That way you can buy firearms at the uh, gun show because you've already gone through a background check. Uh, but say you're not, say you just want to go in and you just want to go and browse around. So you pay your $5 or 7 bucks. How much is it getting to the show? Well, you can't buy any guns. Like even from, and they'll have, you know, local dealers there, uh, Bud's Gun Shop or uh, Wade's Gun Shop. Some of the larger ones in the area, they'll come and they'll set up, you know, pretty big displays. So forth. you can buy ammunition. Uh, you can buy, you know, magazines and so forth. You just can't buy any firearms. Uh, and you can't sell firearms either unless you're a member. Okay, now, 
Now, in the state of Washington, they've gotten rid of the, uh, what you used to could do, and you would see, like, a guy maybe walking around with a rifle, and he'd have, like, a like a little, you know, rod down the barrel with a little side on saying, you know, whatever, what the rifle was and $500 or whatever. And you can walk up to that guy and say, hey, I'll meet you outside or so forth and so on. And that kind of transaction used to be legal in the state of Washington. Uh, it's not any longer. But the point is, Calling that a, a gun show loophole is is ludicrous because, well, it's illegal if if it's illegal, and I I, I demonstrated that last week, illustrated it last week that if if you go outside and you you know and you sell this firearm uh, to someone who you know uh, shouldn't have a firearm, well, that's already illegal. So there's no real loophole there. It's there's it's already breaking the law, and whoever does that is subject to some pretty stiff and pretty harsh penalties. And, and I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. But, see, their goal, their goal is to get rid of the guns by, by whatever means necessary. And as a means to do that, they have to keep people at a, on a very high state of alert as it pertains to guns. And I got rid of the articles that I had had because – the, of the ads, but that the point is, is you know, on these multiple college campuses now, and at high schools or whatever, you've got these so-called unspecified threats, and and police uh, SWAT teams responding to uh, men with a gun on campus. And the one I that I had, I wanted to read from. It was just two people arguing. There was no gun, nothing, but somebody mentioned it, perhaps, or or maybe you know the government just made that up. You see what I'm saying? And it just keeps people really freaked out and really scared, you know? And it's, I just don't get people how they can be so frightened all the time. The one article that didn't bother me was some ads. And let me get back to the community college down there in, in, in Oregon, uh, the, the so-called mass shooting. And look, a, a shooting may have occurred and some people may have died, but it was a obvious uh measure by the government to, to further ban guns. And this struck me. I read this, and I'll, I'll post it in the chat room. And this is kind of a narration of a, and this is a woman, as Emily Roy sat on college campus on Thursday morning, uh, she saw a man having a hard time, she said. She said, I had seen some guy walking across from a science building and had a brown bag, and it looked like it was extremely heavy, Roy said. He was just struggling. Roy was waiting in her car, uh, she was waiting in her car because her psychology class was minutes away at the Snyder Hall. She thought, well, I'll park as close as I can to my classroom. So I got uh, to the very front of the parking lot, blah, blah. And she goes on and on. And it's, you know, I'm reading this. I'm like, wow, okay. So she says she sees the guy, right? She's, wow, what is that guy doing? And then she's like, wow, it has a gunshot. Wow. And so she's like, instead of, now she's in a car instead of, and she's like, she says here, she's 10 or 15 feet from this guy. She says, I looked down, and I didn't think anything, and started studying as I looked up there, and there was a shooter probably 10 to 15 feet away from me. She says, I saw him shoot in the window, and that's when I said, oh, my God, I have to get out of here. I have to leave campus, you know? She's like, then I watched him walk into the room, and she put her car in the reverse, and that's when she heard the rest of the gunshots. And she says, I knew this was terrible. This is a tragedy. And now she says this, as Roy left campus, she says, I rolled my window down and said, we need to leave. Now she's screaming. She's saying this. She's screaming. We have to get out of here. He's shooting people. We need to leave. I saw it. And she's speeding away. 
I mean, what would you have done? I would think, wow, I'm in a car. He's 10 to 15 feet away from me. Instead of putting it in reverse, maybe I'll put it into drive and just freaking mow this guy down. Why didn't she do that? Well, because she's petrified, and, and, and we're all these scared little people that we, we have no means of defending ourselves. We have to run for our lives. We have to just run for our lives and wait for the authorities to get there, the heroes, the SWAT teams, the ATF, the FBI, you know, with their armored personnel carriers, their flak jackets, and their automatic weapons, with their little helmets on and their little night vision, little uh, drop-down things in broad daylight. You know, they got to look like uh, the part, you know, like in Call of Duty or something. I'm going to post this in the chat room. You guys might think this is, you might think this is kind of interesting and Shocking at the same time. The, the, look, they're not going to stop. They're just not going to stop. And this kind of gets back to the beginning of the show of how we need to change what's going on in this country. Or not. Or not. Or we could just all sit back and, and just say we're doomed, which I do so often, you know, say that, that we're doomed. But I think it's pretty apparent what they're trying to do. It's pretty... It's pretty obvious, folks, what they're trying to do. And we need to stop them. We need to stop being so afraid. We need to look at these situations as what they are. Simple as that. It's just as simple as that. You can't have these such fantastic, uh, unbelievable scenarios that seem to be happening on such a regular basis like they're happening now. It's just not a coincidence. So you have a mass shooting last week, and then there's been at least a half a dozen, at least a half a dozen reports of uh, men with guns on college campuses throughout the country, throughout the country. And the one in Philadelphia, they interviewed a woman. They interviewed a woman. They didn't give a name, so that's suspect. Usually they'll say, and here's uh, Joe Beth Williams, and she's going to, we're going to interview. And so what did you see, Miss Williams? No, they just... It was just a female's voice. And she said something like, it was really scary. It was just so terrifying. Uh, I don't know if I can go to class today or the rest of the week. I'm so, I'm so afraid. And I'm like, what a wussy. Are you kidding me? It was an unspecified threat. They didn't find anybody. It's just an unspecified threat. It's just threat. It's just scaring people is what they're doing. Well, it worked for her. But see... How can you walk around and be, hey, how about this? How about this, Joe Beth? That wasn't her name. Like I said, they didn't give her name. But how about this? Buy a gun. Carry a gun. There you go. I think that might work. Hey, Ben Carson. Ben Carson had has a pretty good article, and I, I got rid of it. I'll post it later in the chat room. Ben Carson has a pretty good article. He's come out and said, you know what, the gun-free zone, that's kind of not working, okay? I think that if more people carry guns, and I'm kind of paraphrasing, I think that would probably work a lot better. Well, that's, that's pretty much common sense, and I, I, bravo for him for saying that, because that's really all a gun-free zone is. Are you kidding me? That's like, okay, come on, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go over there and commit some crimes and, and rob some people or or you know, do a mass shooting because, well, they're not going to shoot back. It just makes sense, right? You got, you know, uh, why would you go, like, to a shooting range to uh, do a mass shooting? Uh, I mean, how often do you hear that? 
how often do you hear there was a mass shooting today at, at you know, Bob's gun range? You don't hear that that often, do you? How often do you hear there was a mass shooting at a school? How often? We, we hear quite often, whether they're staged or not, because, man, that's like, uh, you know, that's like, it's like a free-for-all for the shooter, right? They didn't know nobody's armed. You know, beats going to Bob's gun range. Anyway, guys, it's just another thing where it's just another example where we need to wake up and, and see what's really going on. Stop being so afraid. Just calm down. It's okay. It's okay to not be so afraid, to not be so scared out of your wits that you don't even think straight. And that's what's happening. People are so afraid that they've lost all common sense. They got no more common sense. They're afraid. Oh, if you see something, say something. I told the story, I think, I called in the Frank show, I think. It was a while, it was a couple of years ago, maybe. And this was locally up here that a, a guy that worked at the school, it was like during the wintertime and it was raining. It was kind of, you know how it is, uh, you know, in the, in the winter, it gets dark early and so forth. And somebody sees a guy walking into the back of a school. And they called the cops. They, they said he was carrying a rifle. Well, it was the janitor, or it was like the head maintenance guy, and it was his umbrella, right? So here comes SWAT. Okay, <clears throat> they lock down the school. They evacuate 10 city blocks, and now they've got bullhorns. And here's this janitor, and I told the story. It was kind of hilarious. And you got this janitor. He's, like, listening to the radio. I guess he's sitting in the little maintenance dungeon, you know, and he's like listening, and he's like, "Oh, wait a minute, man, that's that's this school." Well, wait a minute, that that sounds like me. He's like, "Holy moly!" So he like he like goes up to the to the top floor, and he goes to the principal's office, and he's like, "Hey, man, I think they're looking for me." And the principal, you know, and there were some administrators there, and they like threw him under the bus. They're like, "Man, you got to get out of here. You got to go turn yourself in." He's like, "What did I do? I didn't do anything." So he had to you know, walk out of the school with his hands on his head and get roughed up by the police. And now, luckily, you know, nothing happened to the guy. Luckily, he's still alive. But, you know, he was pretty traumatized, and he was pretty upset, too, as I remember. But that's the point, is that people were just so terrified that they've lost all common sense. All common sense. And when that happens, man, look out rights. Look out rights for just your basic citizen out there who just wants to have his rights, his God-given rights. Because all common sense has gone is going out the door. All common sense is going out the door with this gun thing, and it's really, it's really making me mad. Okay, is it just wake up, people? It's okay. You don't have to be so frightened. Grow a pair, okay? Grow a pair. Stop being such a wussy and so scared of everything. Look, the, the responsibility, and we're getting towards the end of the show, the responsibility to protect oneself and family is yours. It's not the, your neighbor's. It's not your, your friend down the street. It's not your coworker, and it's not law enforcement. There's a saying that goes, when, how's it go? When your life has seconds to spare, the police are only minutes away. And it's kind of a cliche, but it, but it, but it's relevant, man. The, the, the responsibility 
to take care of yourself and to protect yourself is your responsibility. And, you know, you kind of sometimes need a gun to do that. Well, I hope that uh, I made some sense today. Uh, Thank you all for being here. Until next week, God bless each and every one of you. And remember this, folks. Remember this. Freedom comes from the sword. internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC seized in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be depended on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free-to-air satellite system from AVR. The AVR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for $149.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System.
All right, welcome to New World Order Info, and I'm Melissa Roxanne. You're listening to me on TheAmericanVoice.com. You can also go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and check out all the different ways to listen to AVR. And you can go to the Superstore. You can click on any of the banners there to get to different places. Um, we do have a really good deal going on organic sulfur, so check that out. The more you buy, the more you save. And, you know, more than one pound helps you to save a lot of money on having it shipped to you because it's a lot less expensive. Uh, the sulfur itself is cheaper when you buy more than one at a time, more than one pound at a time. And it's $5 off per pound if you do that uh, versus just buying the one pound. And then the shipping becomes cheaper, too. The more you buy, you know, you'll save money versus buying them one at a time. And then also for those out there, and there are people that do this, um, is if you buy a four-pound you know, order at a time of sulfur, the organic sulfur, four pounds at one time. You'll save the most that way, um, and you'll also, you know, you'll get the shipping discount, the $5 off per pound, and then you'll also get a free LED light bulb while they last, you know, because when when we run out, we can't, you know, do that anymore. But anyway, so that's a up to $10 value, that's what they're going for on Amazon.com. So, anyway, just for the LED light bulb that you get for free when you order four or more pounds of sulfur at once. So, check check that out. It's really good for your health, and, uh, you know, it can be good for the health of your animals. Check with your doctor, check with your veterinarian and all those things, and research it, but... Anyway, um, I'm probably going to talk some and read some about vitamin C, but I'm going to first get into something different tonight. And this is 10 Ways to Make Money on Your Land. It's an article by Anita Evangelista. And um, you can find it. I gave you this address last week at one of my favorite sites for survival and preparedness and off-grid living. It's called backwoodshome.com, backwoods with an S, home.com, so B-A-C-K-W-O-O-D-S-H-O-M-E.com, and just uh, look there, you'll find it. And also a lot of older articles are also on their site. If you just look on the left-hand menu there and look for articles, you can find a great variety of information, and, um, you know, I gave you some of those, but just so you know, there's even an index, I mean, there's Americana History, Animals, Building and Tools, Commentary, Country Living, Crafts and Hobbies, Energy, Farm and Garden, Firearms, hunting, and self-defense, food and recipes, health, homeschooling, just for kids, making and saving money, people, reviews, self-reliance, and small-town America. So those are just, you know, the categories if you click on article index. An article index 
is easy to find. It's near the top of the page on the left-hand side under Features. It lists Home Page, Current Issue, and then the third one there that you can click on, and it turns red when you mouse over it, is Article Index. And then there's the Author Index. If you know the author and you'd like to read that particular author's articles, maybe you found an article you enjoyed reading or something and you want to read more from that same person, you can click on Author Index. So there's that. And, um, you know, there's a lot of really good information here. So you can learn a lot. So I'm going to get into this article, and it's, again, 10 Ways to Make Money on Your Land by Anita Evangelista. There's something very visceral about having your own piece of land, whether it's a little scrap of green terrace or a vast expanse of fertile bottom land. Ownership or rentership of ground tugs at a series of primal instincts to cultivate, to promote growth, to improve, and ultimately to enjoy the rewards of your efforts. Urban dwellers satisfy this drive by planting flowers in window boxes and herbs in pots on apartment ledges. Suburbanites lavish attention and money on carpet-thick lawns and sculpted terraces. Rural denizens concentrate their efforts on a particular field or specific livestock. Yet in each case, there is always an ultimate goal, to manage the soil and land to achieve some direct benefit. Now this is a good thing. The discovery that good land management returns a financial and emotional reward tends to promote better management in the future, which is also a good thing. The challenge, of course, is figuring out the thing that will bring the best return using the abilities and skills you already have and fitting your efforts into the time you have available. Sometimes that combination of parameters creates a daunting barrier to further action. I've only got a backyard loan and a little time on weekends. How can I possibly earn any income off of that? To answer that, I can share my experience. When we lived in Los Angeles in a minuscule city home, our entire lot was 40 feet wide and 70 feet long. Later, when we lived on a farm, our garden was bigger than that. In that space, a small house, garage, concrete patio, and grassy yard all seemed too tiny to squeeze in anything that might have contributed to making an additional income, but somehow we've managed. We grew grapes up a chicken wire lattice on the south side of the house and planted highly productive dwarf fruit trees and harvested dozens of pounds of peaches, apples, and apricots every year. Not only was the flavor better than store-bought, by growing our own, we we avoided having to spend money on fruit. We created a tiered 4-by-4-foot strawberry patch that provided luscious berries all year round. Our front chain-link fence provided a trellis for chayote vines, I don't know how to say that word, which routinely gave over 100 pounds of squash yearly. And that's C-H-A-Y-O-T-E, vines, I've never heard of that before. Um, 
so, wow, just the chain link fence that they planted these vines on gave routinely over 100 pounds of squash yearly. That's a lot. At one point, we housed over 60 breeding rabbits, which I'm not in agreement with that. Um, you're not supposed to eat those, and you, you could starve eating them, too. Stacked like apartment dwellers in homemade cages three stories high. Those bunnies racked up about $7,200 net annually, sold to pet shops and private individuals, plus provided a significant protein complement to our diet and some of the finest fertilizer available for our garden and our friends' gardens as well. A tall, narrow, multi-level cage housed over 100 Kuturniks, Kuturniks quail, fast reproducing and many egg-laying wonders. We sold eggs and chicks, plus had all the gourmet eggs we could eat. The concrete patio provided an area for hubby Nick to teach fencing, the sword kind, and an old upright piano in the small living room provided a place for me to give piano lessons. And, of course, both Nick and I wrote and sold freelance nonfiction articles by sharing time on an IBM Selectric typewriter. We both were at home all day, so our children were homeschooled, too. Remember, this was on a lot smaller than a country garden. If we could do it, so can you. A personalized plan. Earning a profit from your land honestly won't be instantaneous and will require effort. As a quick refresher, consider this. There are only three main things that you can sell. I'm going to emphasize these because any one or combination of these can be the basis for your own plan for profit off your land. Products. Items you make, build, improve, develop, grow, or produce to provide a good that buyers need or want. Skills. What you can do, teach, explain, or accomplish that provides knowledge or new abilities that people need or want. Services. Actions you can carry out to serve the needs or wants of other people. Some services are simple manual tasks that potential buyers just don't want to do or can't do on their own, say cleaning windows or carpets or locating a special part for an old sewing machine. Others require more complex skills, combining skill and service in one swoop, such as auto repair, computer debugging, or designing a landscape. Every step in the process of building your profit system can also be rewarding and satisfying in its own way. Keep in mind that each of the following planning steps takes you closer and closer to your goal. 1. Know your land. This is both simpler and more complex than it sounds. I suggest you draw a map of your available ground, even if it's only a small patio space next to a condo. Get some graph paper or a piece of poster board. Spend several days to a week or so examining and measuring out your available space and draw out your property lines. Your outlines include buildings, concrete areas, trees, reserved areas, where the kids play, for example, 
as it currently exists. Remember to look up as well as down. Notice building heights, trellises, and overhangs, and where sunlight falls. This will be your basic tool for the rest of your progress. So make this detailed enough that you can close your eyes and visualize the layout readily. Imagine where you can tuck in small cages, planters, or tools. Two, write out your skills. Again, simpler and more complex than it appears. Those abilities you take for granted, say changing the oil on your car, playing clarinet, training dogs, identifying garden herbs, baking bread from scratch, typing 70 words per minute, and so forth are not free goods. Each skill took you time and effort to acquire, and your time and existing skills all have value. Part of earning money on your land includes accepting the reality that you are allowed to profit from what you know. Don't stop listing your skills until you have at least 15 on your list. Most people can list over 40 skills if they think about it for a while. It helps also to consider how much you'd have to pay someone else to do the particular action, too. It might seem easy to replace your house's plastic water pipes, but if you had to hire a plumber to do the same work, you'd realize how valuable that skill is. Three, write down specific benefits of your area. This step can be the trigger to developing your plan, observing and acknowledging those features of your region that promote business development. Take a walk around the area or the neighborhood. Notice what kind of businesses already flourish there. Observe the income level, upscale, moderate, downscale, and what people seem to want. If you supply something people want, you'll be able to sell whatever you produce. Don't try to duplicate existing businesses. Create something better, cheaper, or easier to acquire. Keep in mind that some elements that might be uncomfortable in other settings, such as high population density, can be a plus. More potential customers are available. Four, write down specific limitations of your area. Weather is often a limiting factor in developing income plans. You can't grow fruit outdoors in a main winter, for example. If you live an hour's drive from the nearest town, that will limit access from potential buyers. If you live in a gated community, it will be challenging for potential buyers to meet you spontaneously. This step helps you keep a realistic attitude about your plans. Write down how you want to live in one year, two years, five years. Our goal was to work at home, to make the land we lived on a place of profit, as well as a place to sleep, truly a homestead. We wanted to raise our children in a safe environment and produce the majority of our own food. Our plan was to acquire a two-story house, paid off in a rural setting that was both productive and pretty, and that's where we landed only four short years after we began working toward that goal. We were not interested in having a huge income or in amassing IRAs, but you might be. Remember to factor your real as opposed to desired income needs in when you set up your plans.
You'll spend a good week or longer sorting out these five steps, but this information will be the foundation for the money-making ideas in the next section. The following are meant as introductory concepts designed to get you thinking. Let each act as a brainstorm starter. Hold an idea in mind and imagine its ramifications in your setting, on your land. Be sure to write down key points. Keep a notebook handy. Don't let a good idea get away because you forgot to write it down. Number one, teach. Okay, we'll be back with ways to make money on your own land on the other side, so don't go anywhere.
and emergency rooms and medical doctors are not an option, you need our emergency heart attack kit. Five concentrated liquid formulas enter the system in 60 seconds to protect your heart muscle, strengthen heartbeat, increase circulation, relieve pain, and make breathing easier. When seconds count, you want all the help you can get with our emergency heart attack kit. Easy to use and portable in a one-pound compact kit for your purse, briefcase, or car. Call Apothecary Herbs now for your emergency heart attack kit, toll free, 866-229-3663, that's 866-229-3663, international callers dial 704-875-8010, or order online at the 3 wsthepowerherbscom Since the beginning of the United States, kings have sought it, nations have fought for it. It has been traded, borrowed, purchased, and stolen. There is a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom, on American Voice Radio Network and Shortwave Radio. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. For the very best in gold and silver trading, call toll-free 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Call now. 
right, welcome back to New World Order Info. I'm Melissa Roxanne, and you're listening to me on TheAmericanVoice.com. You can also go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and check out all the different ways to listen to AVR. And it is my live show tonight on Monday, October 5th, 2015. And I've been reading you an article from... This online site I told you about, it's one of my favorite ones, just for, you know, homesteading and survival preparedness, living off the grid, things like that, living in a rural area, being self-sufficient, whatever you want to call it. And it's called backwoodshome.com. That's the website. And if you just, you know, you can find some articles in their current issue, or you can look under article index under, oh, it's under features. It's the third um, choice under features. So you can look there. So I'm getting back to this article. It's basically 10 ways to make money on your land by Anita Evangelista. Okay, so we talked about knowing your land you know, first of all, developing a personalized plan, like um, whether you want to sell products, whether it's items you make, build, improve, develop, grow, or produce to provide a good that buyers need or won't, or whether it's a skill or skills you can develop or you already have, what you can do, teach, explain, or accomplish that provides knowledge or new abilities that people need or won't. And then there are services you can provide, and those are actions you can carry out to serve the needs or wants of other people. Some are simple manual tasks that potential buyers just don't want to do. Maybe they don't have time to do. Maybe they don't have the equipment that it takes or the tools they need to do those, or they just don't want to bother, you know. Um, For instance, cleaning windows or carpets or locating a special part for an old sewing machine. Others require more complex skills, combining skill and service in one swoop, such as auto repair, computer debugging, fixing people's computers and all that, or designing a landscape. So then the article says that, you know, after you choose which of those things you want to do, then you need to draw out a map of your property all the buildings, all the trees, the kids' play areas, whatever the case may be, you know, put in the overhangs, the trellises, the building heights, where the sunlight falls and all these things. And then, you know, that might help you when it comes time to maybe build things or, you know, depending on if you're going to be doing things outside or not. Um, And then write out your skills. Um, you know, there could be a lot of those, um, whether you're a good cook or um, you're good at fixing vehicles or maybe certain types of vehicles like old dots and, you know, pickup trucks or building houses or building whatever the case may be. You know, maybe you play guitar and you could teach other people how to do that. Maybe you're an artist and you could teach people how to paint, you know, and there's lots of different kinds of artists. So um, maybe, 
you know, you could tutor kids or something. So there's all kinds of different skills. Maybe you know how to make really good key lime pie, and that's something very popular, and most people don't know how to do that. So, you know, I know in in Key West that they charge a lot of money. Of course, I wouldn't charge this kind of money, but, you know, you could make money just making key lime pies and selling them, believe me. They charge like $25 a pie or more in, in Key West and in a lot of places that have those. But anyway, then you have to go through a lot of headaches if you do want to, unless you, you know, find a place and you, that you can rent or something that has a kitchen and because otherwise you have to go through a lot to be able to do that in your own home. But anyway, and so write out your skills and... um you know, you should have at least 15 different skills. Don't stop until you list that many. And most people can list over 40 different ones if they think about it for a while. Um, so things, you know, that would work off the grid that you could still make money on would be good skills to develop now. You know, and a lot of you out there may already have a lot of those skills, but there's always more we can all learn. And then some people may not have any skills like that, you know, hardly, if any. So we all should be working on that. And that way, when everything does hit the fan, maybe there's a way, you know, we could provide different goods or services or whatever we can do to help others, to help ourselves, to do it off the grid. Um, And then write down specific benefits of your area. And notice what kind of businesses there are, um, maybe how other people in your area are making money. I know some people make jelly or jam, and somehow they get away with selling it. I don't know what kind of hoops they might have to jump through or not, whether they just break the law or what, but just driving down the road, one of the roads around here. And it's a paved road. It's it's not out in the country, although there are people that have ranches and stuff on that road, but um, there's a, there's a people that just put jars of, like, jelly that they've made at home, and then they just have, like, a little place for you to put your money, so it's basically, you know, they just put it out there, and then you just take whatever it is and leave the appropriate amount of money, so there's that. So there are people out there doing stuff. I used to go pick oranges in Florida at an orange grove where they had the best oranges, which my family also grows. And they've grown up since I was probably, I'm sure, before I was born in Georgia and South Georgia. But anyway, they're called Satsuma oranges, also known as Mandarin oranges. That's my very favorite. And I would go pick, like, a huge bag, um, you know, a grocery store um paper bag full um, for $5 in Florida. And then the lady that lived there, she happened to be an old neighbor of some lady that I worked for. And, um, you know, she told me about her neighbor and all that. So we would go together and pick oranges in early November every year. But they were there till January. So anyway, and I would take them back to... My family that didn't have orange trees when I visited them in Georgia, in a different part of Georgia. So my dad really enjoyed those in my family as well. And they'd last a long time. 
those oranges, if you p keep them in your refrigerator, they can last a very long time. So that's the the way to keep those. But um, anyway, so for five dollars, I would fill up the the big sack full of those oranges, and you know that was a great deal for me because here now they cost. I mean, yes, I found them on sale for as low as a dollar a pound here over the years since I've lived here. Um, over eight years now, going on nine years, but that's very rare to find them at that, um, and sometimes they're two dollars a pound, but other times, you know, a three-pound bag could cost you a pretty penny, so if you have something like that around you, take advantage of it while you can, because you never know, you might end up moving away like I did, but anyway, um, so that's just a couple of things that those people had that orange grove, and they had other trees there. They had, you know, grapefruits and all kind of different things there growing. And then the woman that lived there, she taught piano lessons. So that's a couple of different ways that they made money on their land. So, you know, write down what's available in your area and, and different kinds of businesses. Maybe you can create something better than what they already have or cheaper or just a higher quality or easier, you know, for people to obtain. So all of those are different things you could think about. And then don't worry if you're in a place where, the, you know, in the city, although I think it's a great idea to get out of the city as soon as you can and to try to, you know, live in the country in a rural area because according to the Bible, the Bible, cities are going to be just wastelands. They're going to be empty. They're going to be ghost towns. And that's because probably all the people there are going to get murdered. So, you know, when everything hits the fan and everything is going nuts, that's where it's going to be really bad is in the city. So try to get out of those as soon as you can. But until you do, you know, and I'd be working on a way to make a living to get the heck out of there and get my own property and all that, you know, in the country where it's a lot safer and then you can use your land to grow food and all kind of different things you could do um, in the country. But you know, ways to make money to save up if you're trying to do that or that's your dream to get out of the city, you know, and into the country and stuff. So if you have a lot of people and you are in the city, that's just more potential customers that are available to you. And then write down limitations in your area, you know, so be realistic because people don't want to drive an hour usually to come to where you live if they're coming, but sometimes they will. Sometimes they'll drive a great distance. It just depends what you have to offer them for sale or whatever, what type of goods you have or services or whatever. Um, and then write down how you want to live in one year, two year, and five years. And so, you know, it could be like these people. Their plan was to acquire a two-story house they wanted to raise their children in a safe environment and provide their own food, the majority of it, you know, they wanted to grow. So that was their dream and their plan. So then, you know, make what do you want to be doing in a year, in two years, in five years as a goal.
And I think the more detailed it, it could be, the better. And I think that, you know, writing it down helps it to come to fruition and, you know, puts it in your mind that it's like you're focusing on what you want to do and a builder makes a blueprint, you know, um, or there has to be a blueprint drawn up to build something. I mean, there should be usually a diagram of some kind. So it's kind of like that. You're just kind of putting a blueprint down of what your goals are, what you'd like to get accomplished, and, and dates are good, I think, for that time periods and all that, what, where you want to be, and, you know, all this is good to write down and get it like a notebook and or several notebooks, and it's a good thing to do to keep a notebook around and to write down whatever, you know, things that you think of, ways to make money, um, hobbies that you could develop that could make you money or things that you already know how to do that could make you money. Different things like that. I have a book. It's an old book and more than one, but one of my old books um, on different ways to make money. You know, and it's quite an old book, so a lot of it is not still valid, but there's still even money-making ideas that I've seen in it. So there's books available, too, on those type of things you could check out or find in a used bookstore or order somewhere or just check out at the library. Okay, so now here are some ways to make money. The first one and these are just introductory concepts designed to get you thinking so each can kind of act as a brainstorm starter and so keep that notebook handy and don't let a good idea get away because you forgot to get the notebook or to write it down. Some people record things on tape recorders and voice recorders or things like that. They may have programs on their cell phone. I don't know. If they probably do where you can record things. So there's all different ways. But I think writing it down is a really good way to focus on it and get your mind, you know, let your mind know what kind of things you want to do. Okay. So the first one is teach. This can be done in the city or in the country. Look back at your list of skills. What can you do? Can you play a musical instrument? Do you ride a horse well? Do you sing well? Do you dance well? Do you know how to um, cook certain things like gourmet food? Or do you know how to cook Mexican or maybe Italian food or... Maybe pioneer food, you know, how to cook off the grid. And maybe you know how to cook in, um, you know, use Dutch oven cooking and cast iron pots and things like that. So th that would be a good survival skill to teach other people. Maybe that are into survival and preparedness and they don't have experience doing that yet. Maybe you know how to build rocket stoves, which is, you know, something very simple to do. But if somebody doesn't know how, that could be another thing. You could build those and or, you know, teach people how to do that. Um, do you know how to make pottery? That's something useful that people can use and old, you know, pots and things like that. Um, different vessels made from that stoneware and all that, they go for a lot of money. So that would be something good if you know how to do that for 
what's to come. I know the pioneers used those like crazy. And I've seen like an old butter churn, you know, made from pottery. Um, do you know how to find things to eat? Maybe in, you know, growing when food may be scarce. Do you know how to make tinctures or um, make medicine out of herbs and things like that? That would be a great skill to learn to be able to keep yourself and your loved ones healthy, your neighbor, your neighbors, your friends, and teach other people how to do that. Be your own doctor. Uh, do you know how to weave or spin wool? That would be a, another great thing to learn how to do, um, a great hobby that you could make money also doing. So when you think about hobbies, you know, maybe that you're interested in learning, think of different ones that you could use to, you know, once you learn how to do it, you can learn to either teach others or provide a service or some kind of goods for other people from your hobby. Um, do you know how to build a masonry wall? Do you know how to build walls out of stone or maybe stone fireplaces or stone walkways or stoops or stairs or, you know, you could do the flooring in an entire house or whatever type of building, those kind of things. Um, retaining walls out of stone or brick, you know, do you know how to pour concrete and, you know, do small patios and walkways and things like that. Do you know how to build fireplaces? Do you know how to put mantles on fireplaces? And, um, you know, you could do brick fireplaces. You could paint people's brick fireplaces. I know most people nowadays, they a lot of them anyway, they don't like the, the look of a regular brick fireplace. They want to paint them, things like that. So there's all different things. Do you know how to paint walls well, you know, and the indoor trim? There's all kind of things you can learn to do. Do you know how to, you know, put up drywall? Do you know how to um, do plumbing? Um, do you know karate? Do you know different life skills to protect yourself, you know? So there's all kinds of different things. Someone in your area wants to learn what you know. And then there's books you can write. You can write, um, you know, this isn't an article, but you could just make um, e-books and teach people how to do things that so they don't even need to, leave, to live near you. You know, they could live across the world as long as they can understand English, if that's the language you're going to write it in, you know, um, that would be another good thing that you can learn is how to make ebooks, you know, and how to write short books that you can make money on. And there's a lot of people doing that, um, providing those for a small amount of money. Or maybe you could go to your local printer and have them printed out, or you could print them out yourself, on, you know, in your home and get like a laser printer Maybe, you know, find out what's cheaper. It's probably cheaper to do it yourself, but you never know. So you could get some prices from your local printer or printers, get some estimates and tell them what you want to do and sell little booklets, you know, for $10 or whatever the cost may be, $15 or less on different things you've learned how to do or whatever, recipe books, whatever it is, old family recipes, um, 
recipes that you can cook easily off the grid or mixes you can make to live off the grid that are mixed up ahead of time and then you just add water to or, you know, different things. Um, stuff like that would be helpful to people, I think. Um, survival and preparedness books, um, all kind of things. Books about gold and silver and different things you need to know about obtaining those and and um, just whatever it is. So there's all kinds of skills that you can have. Um, welding is another one. So um, anyway, these are just different things. And someone in your area or around the world, who knows, wants to learn what you know. So in order to teach, you need students. And in order to get students, you must advertise, whether it's locally or if you want to do something, you know, like I said, e-books or some kind of book you could send out, then you could advertise online as well, which would go maybe around the world, depending on where you put it online. Um, so word of mouth, posters at local colleges and markets, sharp-looking business cards. You can print those out on your own computer, but keep in mind, <laughs> if you go to do that, some of them are made for inkjet computers, I'm sorry, printers, and some of them are made for laser printers, so you need to get the proper business cards for the proper printer, you know, and sometimes they're not even marked, they're not even marked on the box, whether they're for laser printers or inkjet printers, and then you get them home thinking that they're going to work on your laser printer, and they don't work, and so... Then you take them back to the store, <laughs> and they say, we can't use those because they'll ruin our laser printer. So sometimes they're not marked, which is not good. And other times, you know, I've seen them at different office supply places where they are, where they do say, this is for a laser printer. But it's it said on the package that I saw, um, optimized for laser printing. So or laser printer. So that would make me think, optimize, would make me think, well, it's not necessary. It's just another new thing they're trying to put on there to get you to buy that particular product, but you don't really need it. You can buy, you know, one that's not marked for a laser printer, but don't do it because apparently there there are differences and you have to be careful. So look for laser printer if you have a laser and look for the inkjet if you have an inkjet. But anyway, so you can do that, and then they have these things that they can cut them for you at the office supply stores, and, um, you know, and I've even seen those for sale to cut business cards, so you might be able to make business cards for people. If you're a good graphic designer or something like that, and you know how to use your printer well, and you can get a business card cutter, that would be a service you could provide for people. And you might can do it cheaper than the local printer. So you could get a business going doing that. And also maybe a magnetic sign on the doors of your vehicle or on the windows. You know, you could put a sign on your windows of your vehicle, etc. Um, also ads where people likely to want your knowledge might go. So think of who your target, you know, clientele is and what they're like and where they would be going and shopping and visiting and all that. So maybe health food stores or veterinary supply houses, 
um, bookstores, whatever the case may be, offer a 500-word how-to article about your area of expertise, how to grow a great tomato, how to find a deal on a used car, to your hometown newspaper. Local newspapers often carry short, informative pieces by local folk. People will consider you an expert after they see it. So don't spend too much for your initial advertising. Start small and let the business begin to pay its own way. Check out the prices of your competition and underprice them just a little for your first experiences. Later, as your client base increases, you can raise your price to middle range or higher. Decide in advance what a course will be. Four weekly meetings for beginners, a three-hour group meeting on one Saturday morning. Provide a clear written description of what you teach and what the student can expect from a course. Anticipate what equipment you and your students will require, extra tools for beginners, cleanup supplies, blackboards, or computer access. Keep notes on what you did and if it worked, and change how or what you teach to accommodate what you learn about students. So kind of tailor the course to them and their needs. Teach the course you wish you had been able to take so you can improve upon other teachers you've had in the past, you know, that made mistakes or do things differently and, you know, teach a better course than the one that you took. Remember, you'll lose a percentage of students. It's not what they expected. It's too much work or they're fickle. They find another interest. Don't take it personally. Give them more than they expect and keep learning. One woman I saw online, she learned how to make slip covers, and she she has so much money now. She bought a vacation home for her and her family, and that's what she does for a living. Okay, we'll be back. Don't go anywhere. We are young. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.